0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by the other guy. I'm Dale, representing the Christian or Seeker side. Excellent. And uh, so we have a little bit of a time crunch today, uh, which means that we're going to have to keep this thing under five hours. Actually, we, we do have a little bit of a time crunch today, and so uh, we are going to... Uh, try to jump right into this. I'm just going to let you uh, know right away in case uh, you haven't seen it. The com- the um, post is already up. Uh, comments have already begun even before you have heard this podcast. Jump in now. Uh, WordPress. I'm sorry. Skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com. Uh, send an email. Skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. Uh, we have a guest board. Uh, Blogger who will be responding to me. If that's not up by the time you hear this, it will be up. Uh, You will also be able to link to his site. Uh, And so look out for that. And uh, as a special bonus, uh, I did leave an invitation. He might just show up for a few minutes on this podcast. I doubt it, but I mean he might the invitation is there uh, so uh anything else before we jump into the topic, Mr. Dale.
1: Uh, no, just uh, so so. Yeah, I, I uh, back up David's thing. Uh, so it's our, one of our listeners, Jamin Seven Seven Seven, and um, he's kind of he. I like him a lot. He he rarely comments. Um, I remember the last time he got involved was back in last January when we did our um, our show on uh, the ultimate goals of um, of Christian salvation. Is it is it worth it to believe Christianity is true or try to figure that out? So yeah, his his blogs are, are very... Very uh, well written and very substantive. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend people go there and, and check it out. And thank you very much for responding to David's blog there when I couldn't, Jamin.
0: Okay, and uh, also, just uh, one more little piece of business. We are going to have uh, some guests. They will uh, be either in the form of supplementals or maybe even uh, the main show. Dale is taking a much-deserved vacation uh, toward the end of this year. And so uh, I will be uh, guarding the hen house myself. You really shouldn't put a rooster in charge of the hen house. Um... And uh, we've got, uh, we've got a, a few guests, a couple of guests lined up, uh, citizen theologians and counter theolo- uh, theologians. Uh, yes, lay Christians and lay skeptics are what I would call real people talking about what they actually believe. Uh, and uh, so uh, I, I think you might even recognize them, but I'll, I'll uh, not mention the names until it's closer to time. So look forward to that. Uh I'll be doing more of that, I hope, because I really enjoy that sort of thing. So with uh that said, no further ado, today's topic, uh, the uh, moral epistemology, the one Christians don't want to talk about. So uh right off the bat, I just want to uh answer a uh a critique or a question uh that J-Man asked in his response. Uh Which is something to the effect, hey, why do you think there's some kind of antagonism between moral epistemology and moral um, ontology? Well, uh, J-Men, frankly, uh, I don't per se, but Christians seem to. Because whenever Christians talk about the moral argument, they are only ever talking about moral ontology, and they will let you know that. The moment... You stray into something that sounds like moral epistemology. They will put on the brakes, just watch any William Lane Craig uh, debate uh, on morality and watch him screech to a halt when uh, epistemology comes up. And so uh, I have, in fact, not seen any debates where Christians really want to talk about moral epistemology. So you tell me uh, why there's such a a difference between uh, moral ontology and uh, moral epistemology and why... uh, why Christians do make a hard distinction there At any rate, uh, I will in fact be talking mostly about moral epistemology today Because you can, talk, you can, you can hear about moral ontology literally anywhere it, Just go to YouTube, look up Moral Argument I guarantee you what they will be talking about is moral ontology With almost no conversation about moral epistemology And so uh, to answer uh, your question directly that's why. Uh, so because we have a little bit of a time crunch, we are going to forego the typical opening uh, opening speeches. Uh, and so I will just uh, set this up by saying my blog post, which is a little over 3,000 words, it, it went long. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, it takes about 30 minutes to read it. I suggest that you read it, though. It's good work. I, uh, I read it a couple of times this morning. I like it. So um there's a there's a lot of stuff in there to pick apart uh it, no matter which side you're on so if you want to pick uh, pick me to death uh with it if you're on the Christian side bring it uh, I'm ready but we are not going to actually spend a lot of time going over uh that today because of our time crunch. So I will say that it has uh basically two halves to it. And although moral ontology is not my topic, I spend about half of my time talking about moral ontology, mostly why it is Christians, uh, or excuse me, why skeptics shouldn't be cowed by the, the moral ontology subject and why we should, in fact, mostly ignore it. Uh, so the Christian offers two basic um, Ways of, of going about the moral ontology discussion. One of them is just pure uh, presuppositional question begging, and the other is just pure emotion, emotional appeal. And besides those two things, there really isn't that much, in my opinion, to the moral ontology conversation. Obviously, I had 15,000 to 2,000 words to say about it, so there may be a little bit more than that. But I think it can all be boiled down to that. We will talk about that, I suspect, Uh, As we get going into the conversation And then the rest of uh, the post uh, Deals with uh, How we can know The good from a secular position So just purely arguing uh, Moral epistemology uh, From a secular uh, Perspective and rather than uh, uh, Highlight any particular point There I think that we will just let that do And get straight Into the conversation We will not be talking to Dale the would-be scholar today, you have to pass a few more finals before you're a scholar, Dale. We Fair will be enough. talking to Dale the Dude. Dale the Dude. So yeah, I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm, be... <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to turn it over to Dale the Dude right now, and uh, we're going to have an interesting conversation
1: okay so so yeah in the, in the first place um, I, I do apologize to the audience and, and to David because uh, I I'm very pressed for time so we're under time constraints uh, and also uh, I've been lazy I, I didn't get have a chance to have the time to write up a, a proper blog for this important topic um, I and uh, I'm ashamed to say I didn't even really read um, David's blog apart from scanning over bits and pieces of it. Um, so I, I was actually going to be writing notes based on what you said today um, but yeah so so the thing is what I want to do is uh, So I, I've gotten some criticism at times where I'm uh, speaking at a scholarly level or making things uh, more complicated so I want to do something different this week and just try it out and see how it goes and I want to be Dale the, the lay Christian and, and you know I'm not going to get wrapped up in terminology and that sort of thing Let, let's, I'm going to try to speak as though I'm the average Christian in the bar, the, the one that David likes to, to speak to. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be hard for me. Um, I may not always stay to it, stay true to that, or I might have to resort to answering in the way I would normally answer because that's what I believe. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to try my best to keep keep it simple, stupid um, is, is going to be my motto here. So also,
0: he's never been in a
1: bar. Oh Sorry, well, I have, I have. it's, it's been, <laughs> been a while, but uh... <laughs> um okay so. Okay, so, so David, the, f- the first thing, uh, again, you didn't give me much because you didn't do an opening speech. So so the first thing you said is, I wanted to ask you about your main point that I got is, okay, you're contrasting moral ontology and moral epistemology, and that was going to be my question, the one that you answered from Jamin, is number one, so what what is moral ontology in your view, and what is moral epistemology in your view? and why, what is the contrast? Cause you seem to be saying, look, moral epistemology is more important than questions of moral ontology. So yeah, let, let me get a sense from you as to okay. what's that's, the relationship. That's
0: a good question. Good starting point. Um, in fact, let's start one back from that. What is okay. morality? Uh, so definitionally, I think that we already have a little bit of a problem, uh, Christians never actually define what they mean by morality. And I think that they are hiding some baggage in that word. And I think that if you, the skeptic, knew what Christians actually meant by morality, uh, you would understand that you're having very different conversations. So um, before I say what I think morality is, I will say what I think morality is to the Christian, having been. Uh, a Christian for much of my life The Christian version of morality Is whatever um, God Likes Or wants that's, that's morality If you do not believe in God You not only Don't uh, believe In morality in the same way that Christians do You can't it's impossible because they're talking about something entirely de- dependent on a being that you do not believe exists. So um, when I talk about morality, I am talking strictly about pro-social behavior. I'm, t- I'm talking about social ethics. It's as simple as that. Uh, so one of the ways that uh, I it this uh, in, the, uh, in the blog post, and I have to try to remember what I said because I don't have it in front of me, or do I, a little pithy thing, if I scroll, okay. Uh, so for the Christian, morality is uh, the behavioral mandate that comes from God for God. For the secularist, morality is the behavioral mandate that comes from humans for humans. So uh, before we go on to Dale's uh, question proper... Uh, let me just have Dale weigh in on what he thinks morality is.
1: Sure. So, okay, so you think that there's this difference between Christians, um, think that morality is a behavioral mandate that comes from God for God. So as an average Christian sitting in the bar, I, that's not true. Not at all. God gives moral mandates for himself and for us. It's for our good. Um, he's the creator. He created us and he knows what's good for us. And he's giving us certain commands that are good for for him as well as for for everybody. OK, but you do
0: believe that uh, morality is based on what God uh, likes or wants or uh, approves of
1: him. Um, so without, so this is where as, as Dale, the scholar, I would go in, no, he's the necessary foundation. So it is necessary. Forget all that stuff. Dale, the lay Christian. No. uh, Well, fine. I'll say this. Well, God likes what is good and he bases his commands on what is good because that's what he likes or that's what he wants to, to have happen.
0: Right. Right. So you're, you're, you are basing it on God's nature though. Um, so once again, I I would just say even even there, there you know we're trying to carve out a little bit of wiggle room, and I know that I for the audience this will not be the last time we talk about this subject. Uh, a probably a, a an even bigger treatment of this will will be coming down the road, so don't worry uh, if we miss something here. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's still a very god centric idea, this morality of yours, and what i am suggesting is that no matter how you put it it is not compatible with secular uh, with any secular notion of morality because our notion of morality has nothing to do with your god and your your notion of morality has everything to do with your god
1: so i'll say i'll say this because I, you're you're imposing in what you know, Dale, the scholar would, or Dale, the would-be scholar would, would put in. I didn't mention natures. I, I don't think the average Christian in the bar speaks about philosophical. It's it's grounded in God's nature and that sort of thing. But I just I just keep it simple. Yes, there's a fundamental difference. Our our morality comes from God. It involves God in a fundamental way.
0: Right. Well, I'm I'm keeping it simple too. So let's just use a simple um, example uh, because I'm, I'm not trying to sneak in uh, well, any, any ask, scholarly uh, opinion on this
1: Mr. David I'm gonna stop I'm gonna I'm gonna if it's okay this, this sure. is role, just the gas but sure. I think that we're getting sidetracked already and I think that my first question to you is gonna be critical to Understanding the the debate, um, so you know my question about moral ontology versus moral epistemology and how they relate um, to each other, um, because you, you mentioned that you'll find on the internet and and even me sitting in the bar. I remember uh, my my buddy popped up a William and Craig debate and we watched it in the bar. We we were that drunk. Um, so you would have to be, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you're right. He he does avoid this thing that you call moral epistemology and but I remember his answer to that and it was that was the proper thing to do because Usually in debates, it's about the moral argument for God's existence, and that just is the proper domain of moral ontology. So it's just a category mistake okay. to bring but up.
0: That is, but that is a presumption. That is a part of the presumption, and this is why we have to get to definitions before we get to that question. Don't worry. I'm not going to stay on definitions long. I just wanted to be on definitions long enough to show the viewer that it's not as clean and simple as you think it is. Already we can't come up with an agreement On what we mean by morality And that should be enough to clue you in Listener, that we're not talking about the same thing We are not Talking about the same thing At all So that said uh, what, is, what, what are the big words uh, Ontology and epistemology Well we can break those down uh, Pretty simply uh, Moral ontology Or just ontology Is the nature of a thing uh, you know, we we might talk about one's ontological nature. Uh, that's that's almost um, uh, redundant. Okay. Um, and moral epistemology is about the knowledge of a thing. Uh, so it's it's maybe two parts: what we know and how we know it. Uh, we kind of we kind of glum those two things together. Those are actually separate things, actually. But we we kind of glum those things together. It has to do with what we know and how we know uh, a thing. So moral epistemology is what what are the things that are moral and how do we know they're moral? So that's a, that's a very different question than what is the nature of morality. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit like asking. And I know that I'm going to muddy the waters with this. Um, Analogy. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at this analogy thing, but I'm going to try it. It's, it's a little bit like um, the nature of electricity versus the function and usage of electricity. So, if if you think about um, understanding the nature of electricity as moral ontology, I mean that's that's something that's important to know if you're an electrician, but it's not something important to know if what you want to do is turn a light on. Mm-hmm. What, what you want to know is, uh, you know, where's the switch and, you know, do I flip it up. Do I turn a knob? You know, how do I use this light? That would be epistemology. Uh, and so in in the discussion of moral ontology versus moral epistemology, moral ontology is about the most useless uh, thing you can talk about. And it's the thing that Christians want to talk about because it's about the foundation, the, the uh, philosophical foundations Of morality, let me just grant the Christian this moral ontology. Let's just say you have a solid foundation for morality. Now, I don't believe that for a moment, but just just to show you the difference, that still does not help the Christian one iota in trying to figure out what the right thing or wrong thing to do is in any given uh, circumstance. That's moral epistemology. And so no matter how much time they spend uh, bragging about their moral foundation, it still doesn't help them do the right thing when the time comes. We, we still have to work that out. We're all pretty much on equal footing when it comes to moral epistemology, and that's why they're different.
1: Uh, that's why one is more important than the other okay um well as, as a late christian sitting drinking my beer here i, I would fundamentally disagree with you i, I know nothing about moral epistemology or, or this this sort of thing but look what what's important to me is that there is an a, there is this uh, morality is real um there, there is a, a reality to it um when i look at People like Hitler or Stalin, I just know they're wrong. I don't know how I know it, but look at what they did—was wrong and evil. And anyone here who goes disciplines- the emotional appeal people if you've read my blog you you saw this coming in this very example so go ahead uh, Dale I just wanted to are, are you saying it's wrong for for me as a, an average Joe in the street to appeal to emotion yeah I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong at all I'm just saying here goes uh,
0: <laughs> this is this is how this thing works and this is how what, how weak it is-, is but go ahead Hitler
1: Stalin cuts-
0: Paul Pot uh, sure go ahead.
1: Right. And, and don't you agree that they're evil? Don't don't you get no. this feeling? I would say that there's something wrong with you if you're not sick
0: to your stomach. No, um, I wouldn't say they are evil. You used to you. You jumped the shark there a little bit. Uh, so I won't let you get away with that. Um, this is, once again, why definitions matter and why you can't have this conversation very well until you make the Christians say what they actually mean by morality.
1: Uh, so it's, it's interesting I, I just want to point out the contract because like always I'm, I'm always complained about when I'm Dale the scholar that oh you're getting wrapped up in these complex terminologies and David's making the case why it's important, um, why definitions and the, the words as we use them are important. So So thank you for supporting Dale the would-be scholar. Um, uh, and doing sure. Things. Anytime. But
0: I think that anytime you're at the bar, it's still helpful just as a uh, conversational. It would stop some of those bar fights, honestly, if people oh. just took a minute to explain what
1: they meant by their terms. Um, <laughs> Vince, D- David, yeah, that terminology is, is helpful and important. So, so
0: thank you for <laughs> Dale, Dale tried to sneak in evil. Well, why did he try to sneak in evil? We weren't talking about evil, were we? I thought we were talking about pro-social ethics. What does evil have to do with that? Well, once again, you cannot have a, um, a formulation of evil without God. That is, that is a particularly religious idea. Uh, and so once again, Dale says, well, surely you think Hitler is evil. No, I don't. I think Hitler is bad for society I think Hitler is extremely antisocial I think that we should do something about Hitler Oh wait, we did But I, but I wouldn't put that in uh, Dale's category of Good slash evil That's a different thing And once again, you know, what, are we, what are we talking about When we're talking about morality We're not talking about the same thing
1: Okay, so, so David, um, a couple questions then. So you go back to, okay, Hitler and Stalin uh, were antisocial. What, what, can you maybe explain what does it mean to be, what do you mean by this term, pro-social behavior versus antisocial behavior? Can you give me more uh, of an explanation? What, what is this? Because this is your ultimate foundation, right? Foundation? Yeah, okay. This is what you base your moral judgments on. I guess, to keep it simple. Sure. Um,
0: So I think that social maybe is kind of self-explanatory. We are social creatures, which is to say that we are creatures uh, that have to more or less uh, live with one another in the same space, sharing the same resources. uh, And uh, we form uh, relationships, emotional bonds, and uh, the like. And so we operate...
1: As just aid. to give a clever... So are you saying like morality is about teaching me the, the latest pickup lines to, to get a date or something? Uh, it may, in fact,
0: be about teaching you the appropriate and inappropriate ways to do that. So it could include okay. that. Okay. Um, so it, it has to do with how we relate to one another in this space. And so it's humanity as a single organism uh, and not just humanity as... Uh, Isolated individuals. Uh, No man is an island, as uh, as John Donne, I believe, would say. So, um, yeah, uh, society is a bit of a human necessity uh, to some degree. I mean, we can't dress ourselves uh, without uh, some type of social input, because someone had to make the clothes. The clothes went into the store. Someone priced the clothes. We had to make money to buy the clothes. Uh, There, and then we had to buy clothes and wear clothes in situations that are appropriate uh, when we're around other people in various situations. This is, this is society. This is what I mean by social. And if you're doing something pro-social, then you're doing something that is beneficia- uh, beneficiary to the species uh, in that way, if you're doing something antisocial and you're doing something that uh, is harmful or or detrimental to the species. And so when I say that Hitler was extremely pro-social, uh, destructively pro-social, uh, I feel like I can't really break that down definitionally any further. Gotcha. okay. so so it's it's what is good
1: for the society with that you're relating to as as a person, right? Um, uh, yeah, we're going to go with that.
0: Uh, okay, cool. until, until I find a trap, <laughs> in, in which case I'll backpedal.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, uh, great. So I'm going to leave that for one second. Um, but I just want to go back to the emotional appeal part, the, the part about Hitler and Stalin were bad because they were antisocial. Uh, and this is the real reason why you— poo poo on their behaviors um i call bs on this i I, i'm sorry i i think that if if you were alive when hitler did and hitler did that to your wife or or your dad or something like that you wouldn't just be—you wouldn't just be calculating in your head. Hmm, is this good for society? No. Okay. Well, therefore, you're a bad boy. No. It's more personal than that. How dare you do that to me? I want justice. You did something wrong. Hey, to but society me. is two
0: people as much as it is two billion people. So I—I so I try to explain it in as generic as uh, terms as possible. But uh, morality or ethics is. Uh, that social glue uh, that describes the interactions between two or more people. So if if somebody it doesn't have to be Hitler, it it could just be you know some drug addict on the street who you know mugs my wife for the twenty dollars in her purse. Um, that's that's antisocial, it and it's harmful to my relationship with my wife. It's harmful to uh, with her relationship with society and her feeling of security in the neighborhood. It's harmful to the neighborhood because now the neighborhood feels unsafe. It's harmful at a lot of levels. I don't have to go through all of the levels where it's harmful but, before I say uh, that's bad behavior.
1: No, but this is my point, though. I'm, I'm I'm going back to this emotional appeal that you you said was bad on. on my part, I, I was shocked. They spit out my beer here, but um, no, that that's not true. You, we don't. No per, no one goes through this little cold calculation of hmm, is doing this action going to be beneficial for society in terms of my relation. No one does that. We have we have this immediate reaction. We want justice. We know that that's wrong. What you did, and I want justice to be carried out. And this, um, I'm trying to get to the point that this emotion comes from somewhere. It's based in something real uh, on what you call ontol- on an ontological level. Uh, it's more than just, hmm, let me calculate the facts of what are the impacts on society if he does this action. That That's not the way morality works, at least not in my experience.
0: Yeah, right. I, do, I disagree with you. Uh, I think it is how it works. It's just that we have... Um, eons of experience processing that very fast. And so, you know, you try to use something that's highly emotional, and I would just say that that's, that's just obvious. We do the calculation very quickly. We don't have to sit around and think about, oh, was that, uh, was that bad? Because here's the thing, not everything that's offensive is bad, okay? There, there are a lot of things that are offensive, but I, I have learned not to punch people in the face, just because they offended me Right I mean so if I were Just going with this kind of raw emotion That you're suggesting uh, There would be a lot more fistfights. <laughs> um, but There is a calculation of Okay does this rise to the level uh, Of Truly uh, bad Antisocial behavior that's harmful So uh, you know One of the examples that I use In the blog post that you use from time To time is swearing uh, that's a little bit harder. Is is swearing uh, some kind of wrong behavior? Well, in your mind, maybe it's emotionally wrong, but I just don't care. I would I would ask the question: uh, Is this is this harmful, antisocial behavior? And the okay. answer might be yes, and it might be no. It depends on the situation. Uh, but I I simply wouldn't use. You know how do how do how do my emotions tingle at this moment to work that
1: out? Okay, well, let, let me ask this as an example and get your take on this. So, we all know of, of cases where we delay our instant need for justice and and um, give that to the state to do trials, right? And we. I think you would say, well, there are pro-social reasons why we, we take personal vengeance off the table and allow courts to adjudicate in an impartial manner, that sort of thing, if someone's guilty or not guilty, and to, to mete out justice and punishment. Um, but there are times when they mess up and the killer gets away. Um, do you think that when that happens, okay, well, the state failed me and... He still did something wrong. He needs to be punished, and it's right for him to be punished, so therefore I can become a vigilante and and mete out the punishment he deserves. Um, Or do you think that I should just, oh, well, the state said he's cool, so I'm going to go along with the pro-social behavior, and yeah, he got away with it. Good for him. He he gets to live his life. Um, No, I I think I, as an average Christian sitting here, no, that is a, a mishandling. That is injustice. Our system failed and screwed up, and he should be punished, um, despite the fact that his not being punished is the pro-social, it's a pro-social behavior. You know, sometimes the courts screw up, and you have to live with that. And, and, you know, you can't take matters into your own hands and be a vigilante. So what would you make of that situation? I just I
0: just think that uh, exception-begging is not an argument. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to. I, I'm not. I'm not going to go down every exception that you think that you can come up with. And you know what? What about this? Well, what about this? Here's the thing. Um, the reason we have courts, uh, and we have we have made these courts. These courts didn't just pop up.
1: You know, we made them because we tried. We is, tried other methods. Court. This will be important to a fundamental point that you made. Um, so so it's it's not just I'm trying to trap you without a a context there, right
0: okay, well, yeah. I, and maybe it'll make more sense with the context. but I mean it, the reason we have courts is because we tried other methods that didn't work. Uh, we, we evolved into our courts, if you will. Uh, we're, not, you know, we're not so new at this social evolution thing. Um, do the courts get it right all the time? No. Does that fix all of our social ills? No. But it's a hell of a lot better today uh, than it was a thousand years ago. And, and I suspect it will be a hell of a lot better a 1,000 years from now if we live that long. Some scientists say that we actually won't. We're on a trajectory of uh, not making it another 1,000 years as a, as a species, which should be a little bit scary to everybody. But, um, yeah, okay. so I, don't, I am not really interested in you know, finding all of the places where it doesn't work as well as we want it to. Because we're on a trajectory where it gets better. And the, the fact that we can have this conversation at all and talk about what works and doesn't work means that it's working.
1: Okay, so okay, so, so I would just say that it... it Perhaps it works overall. Maybe most of the time we get it right or something, but still, it doesn't matter. When it when it comes to me being wronged in that one instance, I'm asking and the killer gets away with it, it seems to me you're saying, yeah, but for the sake of society, pro-social, most of the time we get it right, sometimes it's screwed up. So. Sorry, screw you I know that your your wife got raped and killed by this guy But society deemed him, We couldn't find him guilty There was a technical glitch Where the cops did a procedural okay, but you're, mis- I, th- I think, but, you're,
0: I but, think but, you're mixing a lot of things up Because in that situation Society isn't saying that rape is okay Society is saying that we didn't have enough evidence And we don't want to uh, Prosecute an innocent person And we just couldn't say uh, Beyond a reasonable doubt that this person is innocent We are not in at all uh, debating the morality of rape in that in that situation, so I just don't think it's uh, a, a fair example.
1: No, but it is because I'm I'm talking about justice on a personal level. Okay, well, uh, I think I or, think justice I guess, is a different
0: topic than moral than moral epistemology or moral ontology. We're not talking
1: about justice. Um, well, let, well, let me tell you why it's not different. It, it relates okay. to moral ontology because. The the lay Christian, this is why it's important for there to be a God with moral ontology. If there's a moral law, there has to be a moral lawgiver who's going to enforce that. And. Me as a Christian, maybe our society sucks, and and um, sometimes these these killers or rapists get off the hook because of a, a technical error on the cops' part or something. Uh, they didn't give their their right, their due process or something like that. And so I'm screwed because that cop messed up. That's not that's not justice. That's not fair. Look what this this guy destroyed my life. Um, there's this need for justice, and as a Christian, I don't have to go against pro-social behavior. Um, I can support the overall pro-social system. I don't need to be personal vengeance and be a vigilante because I know that in the end, God will be there. There will be an afterlife and God will give me justice in the end. So this is this is a reason why having a moral lawgiver, this is a, a popular way, this is a way that popular Christians give the argument, right? There's a moral law, there must be a moral lawgiver to enforce those laws. Um, okay. So, so yeah. I, I understand your
0: your point for the sake of time I'm cutting you off just a little bit well, I get it it's just wrong because even even um, and this is a place where you know I hope commenters will uh, weigh in on both sides uh, yes even if you say God uh, is the moral lawgiver that doesn't actually help you with justice and I would I would say that this is also just in an emo- another part of this emotional appeal. Because your emotion says, well, there's gotta be some kind of fairness somewhere. What goes around has to come around. Um, it's It's gotta be made right and fair in the end. Uh, I, th- I think this is actually a, a type of emotional immaturity uh, that you're demonstrating by suggesting that the world has to make things fair and there has to be some kind of built-in system uh, for fairness, that is an emotional appeal. But it absolutely has nothing to do uh, with whether there is uh, an establishment of morality uh, in, in ethics or not. So God can have a, a, an absolute moral law, and still not be a very good uh, judge in the end. Those these are these are two very different things.
1: Yeah. So I, I fairness is uh, a sense of fairness is a good thing. Even on a pro-social level, we, we should aspire to this. It's it's ingrained within us.
0: It is. Uh, it's just not a part of the moral. Never- it's not a part of the moral ontology or moral epistemology debate. <laughs> so it is. A, it is a it, different subject. No, important. It's, it's, a,
1: it's a part of the moral ontology debate. No, it's no, it's not. I'm saying that. Yeah, I'm saying that. This sense comes from from someplace beyond there's well, a the, there's a reality the sense to that it, you want justice understand. comes from
0: the fact that you're human uh and if we had a, a sense of injustice um and there was no way to work things out well your village would just uh, raid my village uh and then you know we would You know, come back and raid your village, and then you'd raid our village, and then we would have these interminable uh, village wars that uh, kept society from growing. We don't actually need some kind of special explanation for why we feel the need for justice and why we've developed certain justice systems. The fact that our justice systems are imperfect is irrelevant. <clears throat> to this discussion the fact that you think you've got a perfect moral lawgiver is also irrelevant because you would also have to separately prove that you have a, a perfect moral uh, justice giver and that's a that's a different thing i know you want to deal with all of your emotional baggage at once but this is a discussion on the moral uh,
1: epistemology and i don't think it fits well, half half of it's on moral ontology, according to you. So that that's why I'm asking about it because I, I want to know. Well, I, th- I think you could words.
0: tie it to moral ontology, but if you listen to people debate moral ontology, even they don't go in the direction of uh, justice because it's not quite the same thing. Now, you might you might have a particular argument that ties it together, but I think that even uh, you know your your favorite people who talk about this tend not to talk about it because it's a separate issue.
1: Okay, I I disagree with that, actually. Even though I'm playing a role as as the average Christian, even Dale the the would-be scholar would make this argument. I think justice is an inherent part of uh, moral ontology. There is a principle, moral, so I'll, I'll go out of the role for half a second, but there's a moral principle of justice. Uh, whereby we treat equals equally and treat inequals inequally. So this is a a fundamental part of moral ontology, um, I would say. We we
0: do that. We we have a sense of justice no matter which side, whether you're talking moral ontology, moral epistemology, whether you're talking um, uh, religious-based morals or secular-based morals. Justice uh, runs through that equally. All you're talking about is the perfect execution of it. And, and I would and if I wanted to take on that debate, which I do not, uh, I would argue quite vehemently that even under uh, Christianity, under under theology, there is not a perfect execution of justice. In fact, I would argue that under theology, uh, some of the greatest injustice uh, is done.
1: Right, so it's not a that that wasn't what back to being the average Christian that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was just using that as an example to illustrate that our emotions uh, definitely seem to to me and most people. Um, so if you if you say no, then that's you're missing something. That there is this reality that the emotions are deriving from. Uh, they're a byproduct of this moral conscience that we have this this sense that just is a byproduct be- of 200,000 years of uh, in fact uh,
0: okay. maybe okay. millions of years of social evolution from hominid creatures
1: okay so let me move on to that so basically you're saying there is no reality to this it's just a subjective illusion that's been ingrained in us
0: i'm not sure what you mean by reality uh because our evolution is a reality So, you know, we we have evolved to see colors as opposed to black and white. Um, That's that's a reality.
1: Um, Okay, so when I say something's beautiful, I'm just the average guy in the street, and I look at the, I don't know, the Mona Lisa, and yeah, I think that's a a beautiful painting uh, or something. Um, Is there any reality behind that? Are you saying I'm I'm just... Deluding myself somehow. No, that's- I'm not saying you're deluding yourself either.
0: I'd, if, if I if I understand what you mean by reality, what you're really talking about is objectivity, um, and so yes, I, I I feel like that's where where you're wanting to go. And since I don't mind getting there just to smack it down, uh, I'll be happy to. But for this particular example, uh, no, there's no reality in the way that you mean reality. For instance, I've seen the Mona Lisa. I mean, I haven't seen the Mona Lisa. I've seen, you know, pictures of the Mona Lisa. I've, I've looked at, you know, the best replicas of it I could, you know, online and, you know, places that, that might show it. And I, look, it's a painting,
1: it's yeah. not it's not for
0: me. I don't I don't actually think it's particularly beautiful. I think me, me the either. I, <laughs> you know the, the woman in the Mona Lisa uh does not in fact stir my lust gland at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's not what I
1: meant. But, well, I'm just saying uh, to be it, honest, I'm not imp- I'm not that impressed with it either. I actually <laughs> like the painting that's behind it because I was in I was in the Louvre or whatever yes. and I saw it. Yes. Yeah, the, <laughs> <That, laughs> so, the, the painting behind it. That and I'm not a, an art, an artsy type person, but I, I was kind of like, yeah, the Renaissance paintings—they look better in person than when you see it. in uh, anyways, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yes. So
0: look, so you know, we might we might have some similar taste in this in this regard, uh, but that doesn't mean that the painting isn't beautiful, subjectively speaking, to that person. I, I would ne- I would never argue that that person is wrong. That the painting of the Mona Lisa is beautiful I cannot argue that Because there is no Objective measure for that That's, that's an emotional response uh, To your Viewing of a thing And you feel a certain way about it Or you don't Beauty is one of the ways we describe How we feel What we see That's it, that's it. There's nothing
1: spiritual About beauty Nothing objective, you would say. Mm. Okay. That's, um, what about ultimate purpose or, or meaning? Um, uh, way way off topic, but again, for the
0: listener, topics that I plan to get to at some point, if Dale doesn't get to them first this season. Um, but yeah, so once again, I would say that this is an emotional description of how we feel about who we are, or an emotional description about... Uh, How we feel about what we do or will do in life, but it's not objective. So your feeling of purpose isn't it is just that it's your feeling of it. And so I would not come in and say, oh, well, you don't have that purpose. Because you do, in the sense that you have that feeling of it. I would not say that you are wrong, that the Mona Lisa is beautiful. It's beautiful to you. You—that That is how you feel about what you see. Um, you love your wife. I would not tell you you don't love your wife. This is this is your description of how you feel about the relationship you have with another person. The, these are descriptions of feelings. They, okay. they are not objective objects in the universe.
1: Okay, and I take it, so you would put morality in the same vein, this is how the, these topics relate, that when you say morality is subjective, you would you would see it in the same way as beauty is not objective, or, or ult- speaking about an ultimate purpose or meaning is not objective. No, not exactly.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say that it's objective, but I, I'm saying that we have, we have an object that we have created for it, and so I define it as pro-social behavior. So once we define it as pro-social behavior, then I can talk about things that are objectively pro-social as opposed to things that are objectively anti-social. Um, okay. so very I, very good for not falling for my trick by the way um, I mean, yeah you, caught, you you have <laughs> no idea how many hundreds of hours of this stuff
1: I, <laughs> I, well, I wanted to see yeah um, okay, but, okay come on you can do better than that <laughs> well I'm just an average Joe right I'm, I'm not too clever I can't um, all right go ahead
0: yeah so um so in that sense I think um, As you say, you know, we talk about objectivity, and I think the the Christian actually has a bigger problem with objectivity than what I just described. Uh, It's not just, you know, definitionally, I think impossible to say that, you know, this ethic or that is objective. I think it's impossible to say it without first calling upon moral epistemology and uh, forcing the Christian to kind of show their hand a little bit. So the way you do this, and this is a way, this is what I uh, point to with the emotional appeal, appeal. Is you will you know try to find something heinous like and let's let's see if we can go even more heinous than you uh, raping a child. Uh, the Christian might say, "Well, raping a child is wrong. Everybody agrees that raping a child is wrong, right?" So let's examine that for a moment, because what happens is the skeptic in the conversation uh, you know might get a little bit uh, intimidated uh, or afraid to to make hesitation noises about this proposition. Obviously, raping a child is wrong. Who wants to be on record as saying raping a child is not wrong? So the Christian wins by virtue of uh, of emotional uh, appeal and moral cowardice <laughs> by their opponent. You cannot win that
1: way with me. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to do better than I that. Why don't you just say it? I mean, if, if people are... People will have the right to judge. It's like uh, Peter Singer, right, who, who made controversial statements. Right. So, let me,
0: he, so let, me, let me just let me just continue okay. with this point so that so that you don't go down the wrong road. Obviously, uh, I believe that raping children is wrong. I know why I think raping a child is wrong. But you were trying to present this as an example of moral objectivity. And so you have to tell me why you think. Raping a child is wrong And once again this will this will further demonstrate That we have very different definitions When it comes to morality So since this is your example I know this is not your example But this would have been your example If this uh, discussion had gone down the natural paths You would in fact Be on the hook to tell me Why you think raping a child is wrong And there is nothing That you can say Other than an appeal uh, To an alien god There's nothing that you can objectively point to as to why you think it's wrong. You're in the same epistemic boat as I am from that perspective, but I'm in a better epistemic boat than you are um, in that when I say rape is wrong, I am pointing to the nature of human beings, uh, the best uh, nature and quality of social interaction between human beings and that which uh, helps us to flourish. Excuse me, and become better both individually uh, and socially. I am uh, going to appeal to bodily autonomy. I'm going to appeal to all kinds of things that we all should be able to agree on. You can't appeal to any of that stuff. All, well, you've, I, all you've got is, well, God doesn't like it.
1: So I understand your. You have a partial objective basis. You you smuggled in a little assumption that pro-social behavior is the ultimate foundation.
0: No, I didn't smuggle um, in that so, assumption. So I, I just say right, that that is an agreed-upon assumption by society.
1: So I I don't no, smuggle. I, I don't I'm not sneaking it. it in. I don't agree to that. Um, but um, you you just said Christians don't agree to that. So anyways, but so this is your makes You think I consider basis. Christians people? But, but when we probe that objective <laughs> basis, what is it that creates a moral duty? Th- this is where believing I don't God. believe in moral duties. So once well, again, don't, You're, don't you're just assuming. Duty. I don't have a moral duty to foster to try to uh, cultivate pro-social behavior in the first place. That this is a problem for for Christians. This is this is what average. This is what Justin Briley did. week after week when he does the moral argument. This is why it's his favorite argument. We, we can see through this charade of pretending, like, well, let, let's just assume this is the case, and then let's go through the motions and try to trick the Christian into thinking that we've got some kind of objective basis. No, you don't. We can follow, like, follow the thing I'm, through. To the I'm end not of
0: the pretending line. that I have an objective basis.
1: <laughs> You're not so, so there is no moral duty. There is no moral duties. That that's a fundamental difference, though. That that's a problem if you're trying trying to convince Christians who know that we do have duties.
0: Okay, but you say that you know, and I'm asking you to justify that. You yeah, you're just I, you're just being presumptive based on your emotions. And, and I need you to justify this claim that we have moral duties. Maybe you can convince me, but I've never heard a Christian even justify it. It's just emotionally, it seems like we ought to do this if that happens. G- great. Okay, then you're a secularist.
1: How do you know it's just emotionally?
0: Well, because we, you've uh, never Chris. given me anything else. What, what, yeah, but what I, moral I just duties are I'm you just talking the about? I'm average
1: Christian in the bar. I don't okay, have well,
0: the average Christian in the bar can't the explain why we have moral duties. If that's just Why a thing that you said because your preacher said it.
1: No, if I, if I know something, I just know 1 plus 1 equals 2. I don't have to explain no, the right, No, 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 the you don't know
0: math. 1 plus 1 equals 2. You know yes, 1 I, plus 1 equals 2 because we've done the math. No, that's not
1: true. No, babies, it, it, babies know that 1 plus no, 1 don't. equals 2. Yes, they do. <laughs> no, they well, don't. It's scientifically proven that they do. Okay. Um, and I'll, I sent up a documentary with it. Dr. Hannah Fry, a world's expert, BBC documentary you can see it with your own eyes we've we've proven scientifically in your sense that babies understand basic math truths in a speaking as Dale the scholar properly basic way ooh that's got to hurt sorry but being back to Dale the average Christian Look, I, I don't, I don't know these fancy words. I, I don't know how to describe or answer things like the euthyphro dilemma and this kind of stuff. I didn't mention it. I, I, yeah, uh, but this is what you're getting at. Like, explain to me how. I spent over three
0: thousand words I, in the blog, and I never mentioned euthyphro, so I'm probably not getting at that.
1: You're asking me, how do I know? Yes. Something and I, I don't. I, I I can't explain, but I just okay. know. So and you're, that's, that, that's you're, you're
0: basically but, happy just making a baseless claim that we have moral obligations without no, without explaining it further. Emotionally, I just know. Is
1: your argument? I think that's the way most Christians, the average Christian. No, you we just, we just, you just really know certain away Christians things are think. wrong And that's what these emotions are You you are just asserting That they're not and, and you are the minority for a reason Because there's something wrong with you If you truly don't have these <laughs> Moral emotions Then you're a psychopath or a sociopath or There's something defective I
0: assure you I have well developed uh, Socially evolved uh, Emotions and morality But you are making a specific claim that there are moral duties and obligations. And, and your evidence that you bring to the table is, well, I just feel
1: it. I'm
0: sorry. Well, I just don't.
1: My, my can, evidence is I just better? know it. My evidence is I just know it. Okay, and great. That's, that's better. Like... I just know it. Okay. Do, do, you, <laughs> really? do you not have any moral Impetuses Wait, wait a minute,
0: wait a minute. No, 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 no. Hold, hold on You're the one who has to tell me Why, there, why you think There is some kind of objectivity in, moral, uh, in morality And your argument to me is You just know it And you question me about what I know and don't know You just, what, you just need me to agree with you You just need me to grant that Before you can move on Well guess what You can't move on
1: yeah, no, uh, that's that's where it comes down to in, in popular debate, and that's why you will never be convincing for most of the people. Well, listening that's to why this you podcast will never if, be if convincing
0: for most of the people who if, don't believe in your type of objective morality. If they're
1: honest. They they fee- they know that there is a moral. They just know it. They feel it. They they can certain. feel it. They it's it's. They just know it. It's burning in their bosom. Right. There's there's a moral impetus, and this is a— It's not an argument. This is where moral duty comes from. Okay. Well, it's uh, not an—if if,
0: if you're saying that the only place moral duty comes from is because you just feel a certain way uh, when things happen, you don't have an argument. And it's it's okay. it's not something that i that
1: i really need to engage with but once again okay okay fair enough so so if david's correct then this pro-social farce that he's given us is complete nonsense it leads to chaos we we can do anything and everything forget about pro there's no impetus or duty for us to behave in ways that are pro-social so I, we can all just throw it out and this is what popular level christians are afraid of this is why we say we i could never vote for an atheist for president i mean it it would be absolute chaos, no laws, a state of nature, as Thomas Hobbes would call it. Um,
0: and yet we don't, don't have chaos, of- and it's not because the Christians are holding us down. <laughs> we <laughs> we we do, in fact, have pro-social laws and pro-social behaviors, uh, and things that are secularly and humanly and naturally based. But why? And we're, and why do we doing have that? fine. It's, so it's this, because this was- idea that oh man, I'm just afraid of what happens. If the if the skeptics get a hold to things,
1: really? On the on what basis? Because they have no moral duties. I I suspect. I'm saying. I don't have any moral. I
0: don't have any moral duties from an ontological perspective. But that doesn't mean that I don't have some moral. Some highly recommended. Uh, pro social moral behaviors uh, that would be called for in certain situations i 'm not going to call those objective moral duties uh, by the way, uh, and so because even some of that is wrong so just as an example uh, for, for the audience because I know you, I know you love our examples so you can shoot them down later um, just as so just as an example uh, let 's say there is a um, you 're you're out in public let 's say you 're at a mall and and uh, you see someone pull out a gun and start shooting. all right. This is something that could actually happen uh, in in the world that we live in so what what do you do you're let's say you 're there with your wife and kids and you you have your small children now, do you go play the hero and try to stop the person and maybe risk getting yourself killed and leaving your uh, wife widowed and your children orphaned? Or maybe uh, maybe all you do is make a mess of things, draw the shooter's attention to you and your family, and then you start shooting in your direction, uh, thus killing your wife. Or do you make a uh, hasty retreat while he's shooting someone else? This is, this is not an easy problem to solve. And honestly, I'm not posing this question because I think I have the answer, because I don't. I honestly don't know what I would do In that situation further I don't know what the right thing to do Would be in that situation A lot of you are brimming and probably thinking Oh yeah I know exactly what the right thing to do is Well I don't it's not that easy Um, What is our social obligation to that Well you know the fact is In the real world We don't have clear clean cut uh, Moral obligations We have to figure it out as we go And you know here's a, a tip The Christian doesn't have any better idea of what they should do in that situation
1: either okay well, well let me let me ask this then as the late as the the average christian i'm expressing a popular level concern that there, there will be total anarchy a state of nature as thomas in the hobb uh thomas Hobbes' sense which is basically hell on earth and that sort of thing this is the fear um, that I have. If, if we're saying that there are no moral duties uh, and no one, no lawgiver to enforce these moral things, so um, how, how would you prevent? us from descending if pretend we all wake up and and we all realize hey there there are no moral duties tomorrow and there there really is no reason for me to have to follow this these laws or have to behave in ways that are good for our society i i just don't care i'm gonna every man is gonna do what what they want to do in their own eyes and that sort of thing how would how could you prevent that from coming across? How could you prevent Trump from launching nukes? How could you prevent um, people from just going out in the street and and engaging in incest or or raping little children, as you say? Um,
0: Well, you see, I don't have any moral duties in the way that you think of them, and yet I don't do any of those things. Trump uh, is, by the way, a person who claims to have moral duties uh, and would agree with you, and yet he is the one that's the real danger of doing those things. So I just, I consider your question uh, sophistry and you're you're trying to change but, the subject and maybe point no. the finger at, at, at the ones who really aren't the problem here.
1: No, I'm the lay Christian. I don't care. It's not about you. Well, but, you, but but you're but you're suggesting that
0: somehow. Well, but I'm talking about everyone when I'm talking about me. Uh, everyone who is like me—that's uh, just not reality. Then. Well, but I think it is reality because the average person, the reason we don't uh, rape everyone in sight that we think that we could, you know, have a shot at, it's not because. God told us not to do it. In fact, I would argue God never told us not to do it. The reason we don't do it is because we don't want to do it, because that's not the type of human being we've evolved to be. Now, some people might want to do it, but most people can keep from doing it. And those people who can't keep from doing it, we have cages for them.
1: But that contradicts everything I've heard from skeptics over and over again there are over two billion Christians in the world and I've heard from your kind including you in some of your comments that the only reason Christians uh, don't do certain things is because they're afraid of being punished by their sky daddy it's all about getting heavenly rewards. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that actually
0: stop the behavior of uh, any Christian from doing bad things so I don't I don't I, this is what Christians say. That the, reason, that the reason they don't do it is because of this In fact, listen at your argument If it wasn't for this, then why would, why would you not do that? We would be afraid of what would happen <laughs> You know, that's ridiculous Because we don't believe in your sky daddy And we're not doing that
1: so that so that contradicts then if if tomorrow we all realized david's right and there are no there'd be at least 2 billion people the the christians at the very least and i'm sure you put muslims and that in there as well there's another billion I don't know um, about the muslims so. we would all we would all be the, the only reason we do good according to you guys is we don't care about we're just following the lawgiver, and we're afraid of repercussions. No, I, think so say, I, I think that's what you do say. I think
0: that's what you say. I don't think that's what I don't think that's why you do what you do. I think I think you do what you do because you're human, but you've got the you've got the Christian talking point of talking like that. That's that's what I criticize. You you pretend as if you would simply become lawless if you didn't believe in God anymore, <laughs> and from the millions of people who once believed in God who don't believe in God who didn't. Then take a gun and start shooting up school buses I can tell you that that's just bullshit That's not what happens
1: Well put it this way I would see no reason why I couldn't Or why I would have no reason For judging uh, Jeffrey Dahmer For doing what he's doing um, it Okay would all then just you're the one out. that society Should be scared of Because if
0: you can't, if you can't see Any reason Why that kind of behavior would be bad Except for your Christian bubble then you're the one who's scary. It's
1: not about the Christian. It's about there being ob- objective moral values. If, and, if, and you're, needs, if, you're into,
0: if your intellectual pursuit is what's keeping you from uh, from seeing a good reason why certain behaviors are bad, once again, you're the one who's scary. What if you What if you lose that? What if you change your mind? Uh, what if you— Yeah, there, uh, there are right. lots of people.
1: This is why it's a concern. There are lots of
0: But it's people not a concern because I am pointing to the millions of people— who once believed like you do and no longer believe like that way and are not shooting up school buses if you want to find the people who are shooting up school buses look in the churches first <laughs>
1: So okay, so we're one. Uh, so the only thing preventing us uh, from doing this is our genes, according to you. We're we're one mutation no. away from all becoming a bunch of no. It's so not. It's not uh, genetic either. Just, this is oh. this is
0: millions of years of social evolution
1: at work. But what? Why should anyone care? Give a rat's behind about that. This is what. This is where you're smuggling. It it is. This it is, is where your argument is just utterly unconvincing to the average Joe like me. What are you? What are um, you unconvinced of? I'm just unconvinced that this notion of well this is the way we've evolved and we've learned this is pro-social behavior but you we don't have to care about what fosters or cultivates the building up of a city or that sort of thing um you you provided well, me you with want to
0: live goal. in a city right uh you want to live in a place where uh, people can mostly get along and do their business uh without uh without harming each other that is something that you want isn't it
1: I don't know. What about if you're talking? I'm you're asking you, as a human
0: being, if that's something you want. If you don't know if that's what you want, well, so there's something I, wrong with you. If, right, it is, if that is are, what you want, then I can point to Exhibit A. We
1: are we are creatures who are accomplishing that. <laughs> so so, so, put it, so put it this way there are there are people that don't care about that.
0: Right. We, and, we call them psychopaths, have,
1: and we put them in cages. <laughs> Right. Based on the fact that they have a moral duty, they're doing something wrong, they're morally responsible for what they do, and they do something immoral. So we use our power to impose our morality onto that person, onto the psychopath who lacks it.
0: Okay, but I wouldn't Um, say that the uh, psychopath is doing something immoral, per se. Uh, I would say that they're doing something terribly uh, antisocial that cannot be allowed to stand. I don't. I don't actually care whether it's uh, moral. In fact, let's say that the person is profoundly retarded. L- let's say they're amoral. I don't care whether they're amoral. Let- let's say they have the morality of a bear. I, th- that is that is irrelevant to me. What's relevant to me uh, is whether they can operate in the kind of society that we want to live in or not. And if they can't, we need to, as lovingly and humanely, find. Some other option for that kind of person But we can't just let them Run around free uh, Destroying society th- th- this, is not a, this is not a question Of you know some kind of uh, Objective morality Except to say that we want to live in a kind of Society where we can walk around our street And not get shot by a
1: psychopath Okay, so it, it's it, you are effectively Thomas Hobbes. We make this compromise. Um, we limit our freedoms to escape the state of nature because that would be worse than um, living in a society. For for most people, there there are the the few psychopaths and that sort of. Thing. Fair enough. Um, so my, I'll go. I'll just say that for lay Christians and for Christians, uh, scholars as well. This this understanding lacks gravitas, gravitas, and this is why it will never be convincing, but I think we've stated that. So as the lay Christian, I have one more line of questioning um, for you, and then um, I'll, I'll switch into Dale, the would-be scholar, and I'll let you right. take over and ask me stuff, because I want to make sure that you feel we've answered every all the questions you want as but well. Your, so. your
0: clock is about to hit uh, your hard stop here pretty soon.
1: Yeah. T- okay. So, so here. Okay. Here's my last thing for you, quickly. Then. Um, so, pro-social behavior, and so this is uh, outlining cultural relativism. Uh, or conventionalism. Oh, sorry, that's not a lay Christian. Uh, uh, cultural relativism. I, I think that's a, a lay term and stuff like that, right? So, whatever. Sure, is if right you get through... drunk enough, you might say something like that. Okay. Well, this is the, this is good for the society in which you, you live, and and the society kind of the overall society sometimes over overrides your individual things. You make compromises and stuff you want to do, and that sort of thing for the good of everyone, but sometimes if we're looking at it from a societal level there are societies that flourish by doing what many of us would say is you know you would that you would describe as being antisocial. um so Nazi Germany, for example, the ancient Roman societies—they they flourished off doing bad things at a society, societal or cultural level, and this this these bad things allowed the society to flourish. Uh, it was good for this society. Um, So when when you're talking about pro-social behaviors, is this some kind of transcendent, transcultural standard that applies to every culture, or are we truly looking at whatever works in a culture? If if raping 13-year-old girls, which was a part of culture for centuries uh, in the past— Just ask Mary. Anyway, go ahead. Once you once you hit puberty, we have no idea her age in the Bible, but oh. um, yeah. So so this was something that societies flourished on. Once you were you hit puberty, you were ready to give birth to kids, and we would marry you off, and it worked. It was it was great. It, it, there was no problem for the society itself. Um, so are, are you looking at the societies individually? Or are you trying to argue for some kind of transcendent, quote unquote, the pro-social? list of behaviors that is imposed on anyone. And if any society like Nazi Germany is an aberration from that, we need to put them back in line. Um, That's my last.
0: Yeah. So I'm not a, I'm not a humanist. Um, I have said this before. I don't, but if I were going to be labeled as something, I, I would go with it. But, uh, I think, I think you're, you know, asking if I'm, if if I'm promoting some type of s- objective worldview and the answer is no. Um, so, uh, there was a, there was a word you used, uh, that I wanted to transcendent. Yes. Or... Transcendent. Yeah, very good. I don't believe in the transcendence either. Okay. So the idea of transcendence, uh, being beyond trans, uh, uh, us. So it depends on what you're talking about, transcending.
1: Just transcultural, put, put it that way. So yeah. Sam Harris would believe in a transcendent or transcultural
0: Right. Objective. Well, it's, it's a beyond something, and, and yes. that's often not clearly defined. And I think that when most Christians use it, they're talking about beyond humanity, something bigger than, bigger than humanity, bigger than yourself, bigger than this world. Um, I don't believe in that. So uh, I don't I don't have any uh, particular use for transcendence uh, in that sense. So, no, I am not uh, trying to smuggle in or sneak in some kind of secular objectivity.
1: Uh, which I which I think is where the question is, uh, yeah. and but at, at the level of humanity is what I'm asking. Is is it trans, perhaps instead of saying transcended, transcultural uh, standard like right. Sam Harrison so
0: would? Does. I do believe that there are some states that are always good for all humans, and some states that are always bad for all humans. Okay. So if if that is your question, the yeah. answer is yes. Now we can have a debate on what those are. <laughs> but but i think the 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 real question would be why those are and i think that uh, so one of the criticisms that uh, j man uh, gave is that i didn't in my write up give any nod to uh natural uh law morality uh theory so na- natural law morality theory uh, i really do i just don't i just don't highlight it so uh natural law morality theory is uh how how can I state that? It is morality based on us being the kind of beings we are in the kind of place where we are. Uh, so, you know, a, a natural law morality for orangutans would be different than a natural law morality for humans. Because orang- orangutans are a certain kind of creature. And humans are a certain kind of creature, and so morality derives from uh, from the the nature of the beast, if you will. But what J. Man does not uh, suggest is how that morality is derived from that. Uh, and so I think I think at the end of the day, natural law of morality is still a rather subjective way. Uh, Of talking about morality Even maybe more subjective Than I even like to talk about it That said, uh, I don't believe That there is any kind of objectivity As far as that goes That says, well, this has to be This way for humanity uh, Or that my way is the best way for humanity But I think that once we determine What kind of creature a person is We are social creatures This is why I base mine on uh, Pro-social behavior uh, I think that is one of the most fundamental things that we are, as far as our nature. Um, by the way, I don't believe in natures either. This, mm-hmm. I, this oh, is okay. one of the reasons why I don't talk about the natural law. I think I don't think there's a human nature versus a duck nature. Okay, I don't. Uh, most Christians are hiding a lot of magic under the word nature. Uh, and so I think that we have to push back and be uh, get them to be a little bit more specific about what do you mean by a nature, a human nature uh, or an orangutan nature or whatever. Um, I don't think that we need that word if we're just talking about the differences between humans and orangutans. So, uh, yeah, I don't I, I think that uh, I've forgotten what I said. So whatever I said before, I uh, don't have to stand. <laughs> um, I Gosh. circled back around and forgot myself. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't. This is another reason why I wouldn't use natural law, uh, morality, uh, per se. I don't, I don't think we have a nature in that sense. But I do think that we are a certain kind of creature. We're social creatures. And there are certain things that are good for social creatures all the time. There are certain things that are bad for social creatures all the time. And so we have at least a starting point for trying to figure out what those things are and moving closer to the always good and
1: further away from the always bad gotcha okay um yeah i i guess i was going to give uh, some so christians believe that as well um they just they go further in saying that it that it, the, there are these things always, and it's it's based on a telios, an end goal, or that sort of thing. I think you were talking about in your blog. Um, so so, God was the designer. He knows what's good for us always, and what's bad for us always. And when He gives us rules, uh, these moral rules or duties, following them is is ultimately good for us. Good for our. Our natures, in in the full sense, um, and it, it's we're kind as you said, we're we're you're kind of there. You you kind of recognize a nature in a a lesser sense, um, and that if we had a different. If we evolved differently, maybe we would have different moral commands to match that. Um, If we were purple and had three legs, God would know that we shouldn't do this or do that uh, versus compared to the way we are in this world or something like that. So... Yeah, I, I think that's a good note to, to end on um, for, for me. Um, just out of curiosity, how did I do as a lay Christian, do you think? Did I come across well um, representing them, do you think, David? No? Um, really? Oh.
0: Yeah, so here's okay. the problem. I think the Christian doesn't even put in that much thought uh, into this stuff. So oh. you're, you're still way over the uh, where the lay Christian is. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not your fault. Uh, the average Christian just doesn't care. Uh, the the average Christian. I, I tried
1: I to represent that when I was saying like, oh, I, I I don't care about how I know and all this stuff. Right, but, but okay. in order in order
0: to make your case, you still have to leave that lay Christian because you understand that they don't care. They don't know. They're not. They're not watching these videos. They don't study these books. That they, they don't care. For okay. them, right and wrong is no more a mystery than it is for us. Uh, they're just going. They're going through, and then you know, some gunman pops up in a mall, and then at the and at that moment, they have to figure out: Well, am I going to be a hero uh, and try to stop the gunman, or am I going to try to save my family? They don't know. You don't know. They can't say what's right. You can't say what's right. Uh, and when they pretend that there is some kind of that they have some kind of moral advantage over you, they're just lying. And and you should you should simply ignore it because when it comes right down to it, their prayer for what they should do at that moment isn't going to yield any better results than
1: your not prayer. Okay. But understand, they're not lying. They they really believe that, right? So let's just be careful with the, you know, this, these labels of dishonest or evasive and all this stuff. We we really believe that we're superior to, to skeptics. So I, I do. I mean, well, as thank,
0: a you. thank a deal. you for that soundbite. I'm, I mean, I'm going to try to say, am talking over you to not, save you from that.
1: Well, let, let me clarify, not superior in, inherently, but I mean, I, extrinsically, I, I'm in a superior position that nah we feel like I, i I feel it's superior to have a sense of moral duties, for, for example. Um, Even though you can't
0: explain the beyond your, your raw emotions. Yeah. So you yeah. know, before we, before we pop out of here, let me, let me at least to to see you, if yeah. I can't, let, let me just ask one uh, or two questions. There, there's a lot that I uh, had to talk about. We uh, both Dale and I uh, acknowledged upfront uh, before turning on the mic, this, this should have been a long podcast and it's not. Um, so we're sorry for that. We'll revisit it. I'm sure. But Dale, um, I, I think the only question I want to ask you at the time that I uh, can eke out here is um, what is your basis for moral epistemology? So one of the things that J-Man uh, criticized is that I, that I kind of straw-manned what Christians say their moral epistemology is. The fact is Christians never say what their moral epistemology is. So um, So tell me and the audience how you determine uh what is right and what is wrong not what your foundation from not, no one cares about your yeah. philosophical foundation
1: yeah sure okay um Okay, and and I'm answering as my as my full self, right? Yep. Like, no mm-hmm. late. Okay, um, so yeah, so there are a variety of of means by which. Obviously, the foundation is God. Great moral ontology done. Pure epistemology. So God designs within us a moral conscience. This this is a faculty that of the soul that provides one with moral knowledge. It's it's not infallible uh, in all cases. It it often I'm as I said I'm horrible at applied ethics. Um, it, it often can lead people to wrong conclusions. Um, there's also derivative forms of knowledge. So our moral conscience has to be informed by certain facts about the world, and we you know derive moral arguments such as well I, I need to learn that putting. My hand on the stove will will burn a human hand, Um, and then in the light of that knowledge, if and I also have the knowledge principle of charity that. Uh, if I do that to another human that it'll burn their hand and that'll hurt as well
0: Okay let me just grant you that so you can move on to the next one Because I would agree with how you're defining moral conscience We we all have that okay. I would I would say the source is something different than you do But it doesn't matter I think that we would describe it in much the same way So moral conscience You still haven't uh, di- di- and, said anything and- that's different than what I would say So what else, how else do you get it?
1: Uh, so here's something that will be different. Divine revelation informs my moral conscience. So my, my moral conscience says that there's—I don't personally see anything wrong with having sex outside of marriage or even being homosexual. I think it's a bit weird. I, I do think it's unnatural, but I don't— there's nothing within me, my own conscience by itself, that would say it's wrong or immoral. If two people love each other, whatever. Um, but I'm informed morally uh, from divine revelation. And and this was what changed my mind upon conversion. Well, now I've got certain commands from the word of God that says, well, actually, Dale, your moral conscience is just corrupted by sin. It, it is wrong to do this. and, and in this case, the knowledge from the, the Bible or divine revelation outweighs the, the knowledge or whatever I have. I wouldn't even call it knowledge. It's just sort of 50 once, once again, just shortcutting
0: for the sake of time. Uh, people uh, in the commentariat, uh, hey, Darren, forget the rest of the commentary. Darren, start your post on uh, divine revelation now, please. We got so to talk about that in the comments. Um okay, what this, else you got? This, this is-
1: well, this is this is the ultimate thing that is a source for moral knowledge or moral information that that informs us and gives us more knowledge that is definitely different. Yes, so we're
0: gonna, I mean we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a lot. I know. So divine revelation uh, maybe break that down some more. Can I say uh, the Bible as one part of divine revelation and the internal witness of the Holy Spirit as another part of divine revelation? Is that a fair shortcut?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. The, the Holy Spirit as well God guides us It um, through the sanctification process. It corrects the corruption of sin in our moral conscience and allows it to, to function increasingly better and better. So, you know, okay. well, that, that thing's pretty useless, but OK. Uh, what else you got? Um. That's pretty much that's pretty much it in terms of warranted sources because every, every other source, like getting it from your parent, get, learning from your parents and this sort of thing, these are just ways to inform your moral conscience and then your moral conscience, uh, I'm assuming we're talking about adults that think through these things and whether it's warranted or not and just listening to your parents or, or an authority figure or something like that. Um, that's an unwarranted means the authority appeal to authority is a is a fallacy but you can get information from them and that informs again your moral conscience and the holy spirit um as well as taking principles from scripture or would allow you to you apply those to the new situation and Is it right to steal money from to fraud people on the internet? Um, you know, it's wrong to fraud in person, but now we're in a new situation. What about over the internet? Well, it's the same principle You're, you're stealing their money um, so really the the, the Mode is not important whether that is a moral or immoral action. So, so the like- debate, at least in part, this
0: week will be on the um, on these ideas of uh, where we get our moral marching orders from. So Dale uh, would point to things like our uh, highly evolved social conscience. Um, as one of the areas, we agree on that, so we don't need to waste a lot of time on that. But places where we differ would be divine revelation, uh, properly basic belief, uh, internal witness of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible...
1: Here's a difference potentially with the moral conscience that I just thought of. So, mm-hmm. and this is something that Immanuel Kant picks up on and that sort of thing. But uh, look, the moral conscience provides us with knowledge of values as as well as duties, which you deny the duties. I don't know you. you give me wouldn't... an
0: example of a duty. I mean, I asked I asked for it, and you just said, "Well, I just feel it. I don't, you know." Oh, if a specific duty? Sure. Give me give me give me one. Uh, what are you What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: Sure. I, thou shalt not worship other gods. Thou that's shalt a, you
0: consider that a moral duty?
1: Yeah. And I, that's, I, that's I, the it,
0: example you give when I ask it. This was actually a slow floater for you. You could have hit this over the plate. Uh, you could well, have said just, a moral duty honest. would be to save a drowning person if you uh, know how to swim and can do it safely. That you know, I would have accepted yeah, that as a moral sure. duty. You give me don't worship other gods as a
1: moral duty? Yeah, that is a moral duty. Okay. That, I wonder why I don't believe in moral duties.
0: <laughs> can, can, you, can you give yeah, me an you, example you know, that I might you, even be tempted to to say? Okay, you got a point there.
1: Thou shall not rape uh, little children. That was something you said in the show that you you agreed was antisocial. It
0: is. I was baiting you uh, with it so that I could land uh, numbers 31. We'll do it in the uh, comments.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, th- this is a fundamental thing form of moral knowledge that you, based on what you presented, do not have access to. It. You do not have value knowledge. Okay, so let me give I, you.
0: Let me just give you the better example that I that I gave you before, so that at least the audience can hear my response to that. Uh, and then we're going to have
1: to wrap it up for your sake. Uh, so, do, do you get my, my point here? Like, you, you have descriptive knowledge. You don't have prescriptive knowledge that your moral conscience provides. You you can't appeal to values like you you ought. This is the ought is problem that I'm right. I
0: don't talk. I don't speak in terms of oughts um and yes. that and that said, I managed to navigate this moral landscape doing things uh that are pro social for society even without that so it's it's not necessary but let me let me let me just give you the example that I gave you because it's a hard example um and so, it's, it's the one that you should have went with. So, just for the sake of better conversation in the um, in the blogs. So, what about uh, the person who's drowning? And, uh, you know, you're at the beach. You see them. There's no lifeguard there. Um, you could you, – you think, at least, you could save them. You don't think that it would be too much of a risk of your life. Um, and so, uh, they're going to drown if you don't save them because you're the only one out on the beach and um, – you know, they may not drown if you at least try. Do you have a moral duty? Do you have an obligation to go save them? Well, legally speaking, I, that depends on the laws of the land, uh, honestly, because that may differ from one place to the, the next. But let's say there is no law where you are that requires you to save somebody. Uh, no, I don't think you have a moral obligation to save that person who's drowning. And, and I know that that sounds monstrous. Now, I would probably try it. And I've got two bad knees and I'm a bad swimmer. So it, it's possible that I might die in the attempt. But I would probably try it anyway uh, because of the tug of my own humanity. Um, and I would want someone to try it if it was me. So, but, but would I feel obligated to try it as in some law pushing me to do it? No, I wouldn't. No, I, d- I don't feel like I would have done some moral wrong by walking away or, you know, running away and, and trying to get to a cell signal and call somebody for help. Uh, that's an option. You might say, well, that's that's cowardly. But cowardice is not wrong either. <laughs> OK, um, we 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 actually have the uh, independent right to be cowards. Uh, if if that's if that's the kind of people we want to be, most of us don't want to be that. Um, there are other examples of this. Someone is choking in a restaurant. This is where law does come in, uh, come to bear. Someone's choking in a restaurant. Uh, you have studied CPR, but you're not licensed. In some places, if you attempt CPR and you fail, um, you're liable. Uh, in some places, if you're licensed and you don't attempt CPR, uh, then you're liable. Once again, setting the laws aside. What is the right thing to do? I don't know. Uh, I I think that all things being equal, it's better to try to help somebody, even if you're not licensed. But you kind of know what you should do and nobody else is doing anything. Uh, You could act and kill that person faster. Or you could act and save their lives. But right now, everybody's standing around, milling around. No one knows what to do. And you need to make a decision about yourself. Now, they've clearly made a decision about themselves to to not act. And you have to make that decision about yourself. I would not say that anyone acted immorally, whatever this decision is. I would not say that that is a moral obligation. Um, But would I do it? Yeah, I probably would do it, uh, me, me being who I am. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit on uh, moral and social obligation. I don't believe in it, and yet as a human being I would probably engage in it uh, even, even more so than your average Christian. So uh, I, I just don't think we need the concept of moral
1: obligation to behave humanly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess as my closing speech, then. Um, so so that was your closing, right? Sure. Okay. Okay. So so yeah, meet, us, my...
0: meet us. in the comments. Uh, we'll we'll try to clean up some of this there.
1: So my closing. So 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 David makes a distinction. There's sins of omission versus sins of commission. Fair enough. Uh, we can debate whether there are such things as sins of omission, sins of omission, or or something. But that's my closing speech, David his whole basis is this pro-social calculation is an action deemed pro-social uh descriptively you know we can describe this through science as a description this action leads to quote unquote pro-social category this equals anti-social cat category so don't do it or do it based on whether it's pro or anti-social but David, we picked up on this distinction in, in epistemology with the, the is odd fallacy that skeptics make, and this this notion of values. And look, we can pr- we can program a lifeless robot to, p- to live out a perfectly moral, a pro-social life. It it does all the little calculations in its head based on it programming and that sort of thing, and it, it lives out the life. But none of us would be fooled. That that is a lifeless robot. It it, it ha- it's not a moral or immoral agent just because it. performs certain actions that are fit into a descriptive category it's it's this prescriptive and value orientation aspect that is what makes people morally responsible blameworthy or praiseworthy um, and this is how you live a true moral life this is the experience of most people um, the skeptic wants to just dismiss these as emotions no they're not that they're grounded in correct reality uh, more, that's where moral ontology is important and we, we know that the, there are these certain values um, through the various means and this is what gives us a rich this is what makes humanity, humanity. This is what makes us, uh, or at least one of the main aspects of what distinguishes humans from animals. And and it brings, it gives our life deep meaning. Uh, We're not just, mindless, lifeless robots that are programmed to go, okay, well, I've calculated that uh, not raping a 13-year-old girl is antisocial, therefore, I won't do it. Um, Getting married and having kids is prosocial, therefore, I will do it. Um, No, our our moral experience is more than that. And I think the vast majority of people, even the skeptics, whether they'll admit it or not, know that this is the case. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, uh, so
0: great Like I said, uh, meet us in the comments um, And uh, we'll try to Unravel and disentangle some of this um, I expect a good week It was a good week last week
1: Good yeah. week Excellent job, everybody I'm Just saying that because I, I wasn't Able to comment that much I I'm
0: just going to say, you weren't there a lot And yet this was our biggest week in comments And some of the best comments we've ever had I it. it I'm not trying to make a connection with you not
1: being there. I'm just putting it out there. Well, those, th- they'll them, be happy them's so just facts. Be, this is exam week for me, so I, again, I'll, I'll be delinquent in, in being on there. So if it's another oh, good I, uh, week, I'll see that as an indication that I'm not wanted. It's and yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe I won't comment again or something or very rarely. Or something fantastic. No,
0: we, uh, we miss you. It's going to be, it's going to be a great week of comments. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> we, we miss you when you're not there, Dale, but uh, <laughs> I want a special thanks to Teddy, uh, for catching the spear for the wrong side of the argument. Um, this week uh thank you for uh, hanging in there <laughs> it's gonna be a rough week for you this week too <laughs> so uh but yeah she uh she hung in there uh and uh, filled in we hardly noticed uh, di- uh noticed you were going Dale. uh so uh yeah next week i have no idea what the topic is because it's not my week and uh, i have not oh. been informed
1: oh, okay um dang it okay so this, I'm actually gonna actually going to have to write up a blog this week. Um, uh, look, okay, if, um, you, if so,
0: you want to give me the topic uh, next week and just skip your week, I'm happy to do that. I can take the topic every week. <laughs> so yeah, I'm well, prepared for so, so it. So
1: no, um, I'll, I'll try my best to fit this in, uh, even yeah. though I'm doing exams. But I was going to do the notion of uh, creation or creatio ex nihilo and God's providence. Uh, and there is some... some relevance to your topic on on miracles and how god interacts so you know in terms of god's providence i'm going to discuss a little bit about well how does god what's the difference between god acting just ordinarily and naturally versus supernaturally and that sort of thing or or, you know how does he how does this providence work? So it will have some bearing on the miracles question a bit
0: Which is coming up the week after that Yes, and then my vacation Yay Okay, so we will see This might be one of those weeks where you want to talk about some things that I want to keep my powder dry for um, yep. So uh, the miracle week is a big uh, week is coming up the weekend the 21st uh, There will be guests um, we, um, I've, been, I've been trying to figure out how to arrange this And rather than have four or five people on the mic at one time What I w- want to do is probably have four or five, five people on standby Who will come in um, and uh, make certain points at, at a given time But it's, it's a big show, it's going to be long, possibly a two-parter um, It's the one that I've been wanting to do for a long time and uh, so, yeah, we'll get that done. So other than that, uh, great show. Thanks uh, for hanging out, everybody. Uh, be sure to visit me over at BSCWeekly.com. That's BSCWeekly.com. You can email me uh, from there at BSCWeekly uh, at gmail.com. Uh, it's the place uh, where I am all by myself. They're 15, 20-minute podcasts, and I read the, the Christian news, and I rant without a leash. Hey, welcome back. back. Yeah, didn't really go anywhere. Uh, Now that we've gotten rid of Dale, (laughs) I wanted to give you a little bit more because uh, this is a short show, and uh, we apologize for that. Uh, But, uh, yeah, if you thought you were done with us, you were so wrong. What I did is uh, I pulled Andrew uh, on the line uh, to continue the conversation. Uh, This would be uh, skeptic plus skeptic equals uh, the right answer. Or however you formulate that, I don't. I'm not good at the maths. Uh, so, at any rate, Andrew, how you doing? Uh, hello, S and Sers. What's up, bud? Yeah. So uh, Andrew was not standing by uh, as Dale and I conversed. So he has no idea what we talked about.
2: But maybe that the listeners that have heard me before would say, even if i 've been standing by, I have no idea so this is we'll, we'll, just see, uh, we'll just have to see we 'll just have to see what the consensus is over on the boards after we 're done
0: so and uh, we 'll see how good my listening comprehension uh, is uh, because I will try to uh, repeat some of the things that uh, we talked about and see if we can 't get a little bit more uh, perspective. so we started the show uh, with Dale asking me. Uh, what I thought the the big fundamental difference is uh, between moral uh, epistemology and moral ontology uh, and why I'm making a big deal of the the distinction and all that. Uh, I did explain to him why I am making the distinction. First of all, it's Christians that are the ones that are making the distinction. So, you know, when you... uh, uh, go online, you go into a debate, you listen to Christians talking about the moral argument. All they want to talk about is moral ontology. If someone brings up anything near moral epistemology, they shut it down. No, that's not what we're here to talk about. So it's really the Christians that are kind of making that distinction. Uh, and so I didn't really see the need to go over uh, the ontology ground again, even though we did. Um, but I told him before really getting to the the differences between ontology and uh, epistemology, it was necessary to explain uh, definitionally what we meant by morality. Because part of the argument that I wanted to make with the little time we had was that the Christian means something completely different when they're talking about morality. Uh, than the atheist. So, having not heard uh, that segment of the program, it might be interesting for you to uh, give the audience your take as a as a skeptic. What are you talking about when you're talking about morality? And maybe just uh, as a, an addition, what do you think Christians are talking about when they're talking about morality?
2: So, I actually wrote a little bit about this on the board in the in the run up to you guys' conversation. So, it landed early. Uh, we'll we'll see what the we'll see what the folks' thoughts are uh, as the as the week wears on. But when I talk about morality, and it's it's pretty rare that I use that word, uh, I, I more often use the word ethics. And uh, the reason is that it's uh, a subtle play on my part to get away from Christian language. Christians love to talk about morals. And I don't want the things I have to say to get confused uh, with the sorts of things that Christians have to say. So you're so,
0: saying that there might be some baggage uh, <clears throat> hidden in the word morality.
2: Yeah, well, it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that there is. But I think just because there are a lot of Christians, it, it's most often the case that there is. So I prefer the word ethics, even though I think uh, in normal conversation, once the groundwork is laid, they're pretty uh they're pretty interchangeable, so my thought when I talk about ethics is always about what is best for the individual or humanity full stop that's all we're done. When Christians talk about ethics or uh, more often the word morality, they're talking about Something about humanity, and that point remains, uh, you have to carve it out each time. What what are we saying is best for humanity? And does God like it or not? And so I'll just go on the record here saying, I don't care whether you think a God likes it or God doesn't like it. I don't think you're speaking as a mouthpiece for some God. And if you are we can stop the conversation. You can invite him in and he can have a seat at the table and we'll talk about ethics equally in a round table, but I don't care if Christians think they're a mouthpiece for some God that I have no access to. So when I say ethics, when I say morals, I'm talking about the only thing that I do have access to and that's each other.
0: Okay. Um, I almost hate that. I, uh, Ask you that question now Um, (laughs) I've had that response before (laughs) Well the, the reason is because That is exactly the answer That I gave it it just sounded Better when you said it and so Now it makes me sound like an idiot um,
2: uh, well, you know, the listeners almost certainly will not universally agree anyway. So, uh,
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much what I said on uh, both counts. And just so you know, listeners, uh, Andrew and I disagree on a lot of things. So, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure what his answer was going to be. <laughs>
2: uh, we do disagree on a lot of things, um, and and we talk. Uh, we talk a lot, right? We we do this uh, off mic a lot more than we do it on mic. So, uh, you know, this is this is us uh, uh, in living color, right? So we we may get to some disagreement. Uh,
0: so okay. yeah. So what do you what do you think about moral foundations? I I'm just going to shortcut this uh, a little bit from my end. I said basically that moral foundations are about uh, the most useless uh, pursuit that you can have if what you're trying to do is figure out what is moral. Uh, We no more need a moral foundation to do the right thing in any given situation than an orangutan needs a moral foundation to uh, live well in her society. So I don't actually respect the conversation of moral foundations that much. I don't found it uh, very useful. And whether you have a good foundation or a bad foundation is irrelevant what's relevant is, are you uh, a good pro social citizen or not to me? Um, I suspect that you might have uh, something more nuanced to say about moral foundations. Okay. I do
2: have um, a slight difference on moral foundation there, although it probably is not going to matter uh, a whole lot in the end. So my thought on moral foundation is uh, I don't particularly care in order for us to, um, to have a conversation, either on the Christian side, uh, talking about objective truth, or on the skeptic side, uh, uh, talking about what is good for humanity. So objective truth from the Christian side, if if the Christian believes in such being, uh, that God lays out objective truth. Okay. Um, We both have to have exactly the same thing. We have to have one agreement that we're going to talk about this in one of those frames or the other if you don't care what the Christian says God has to say on objective truth, then you're not going to have an an interesting conversation about it anyway. You've you've disagreed right off the bat. It's hard to go a lot further. Um, So I think we both have to have that first agreement that we're talking about the same foundation. Now, I don't think we need to, Um, we live in the same playpen, all of us, we all live on this planet, and what we do impacts each other, whether we agree or not, right um, But to sort of get off the ground, we do have to have uh, we do have to have some way of addressing each other, and so if you say. It doesn't really matter. We can get along with ethical ethical division, figuring out what is right and wrong without talking about the foundation. I agree that we can. Um, But someone like Dale, and I didn't hear the show, it may be very, very important to Dale that we establish some kind of foundation. And so, you know, if that's what's needed for the conversation and you want to talk to that person, then it's probably important.
0: Okay, so... I wonder though, if a moral foundation is more than anything more than philosophical mental masturbation uh, to, to be honest i i, I don 't the reason I say that is not just to be crude, although being crude is a bonus um, I, I I say that because i don <clears> 't <throat> think that it helps answer any questions that you need answering, and so the one question that you need to answer at any given time. Is what is the right thing to do in this given situation? What, what sure. is the right and what is the wrong? And so. Well, and how do you come by it? And, is right. Probably and how do you, the other implicit question. Right, which is another way of saying moral epistemology. <clears throat> uh, and so if you say, well, the foundation of our morality is God, and just as a. Um, uh, a counterexample. I say, well, no, the foundation of our uh, morality is social evolution. Neither one of those starting points gets you any closer to answering the question of what should I do in this given situation? So one of the, the, the one of the I gave two examples here. One of the examples that I gave is you're in a shopping mall and a gunman pulls out a gun. You're with your family you're with your you know we're two guys or our wife and our kids right. um and so the the gunman starts firing and he starts firing in a completely opposite direction of of you and your wife and your kids is should you Try to be a hero and go stop the gunman and maybe uh, take a chance on getting shot and leaving your family orphaned. Uh, Or maybe you uh, don't get there in time and he turns his attention to that side of the room and he kills your wife and kids uh, because you wanted to be a hero. Or would the best thing to do be to exercise the better part of valor and get your family uh, out of there to safety. Well, I didn't pose that question because I knew the answer or that I had an answer because I don't. I honestly don't. Um, I pose the question to say, no matter what your um, moral starting point is, neither one helps you determine what the right thing to do is. Uh, And that's why I think the question of foundations is irrelevant to uh, when it comes to how we go about figuring out what it is we actually need to do and what is the right best thing in any situation. Uh, Thoughts? Okay, so I do have a question.
2: And uh, so we're just on mic doing what we do when we're off mic. So uh, I'll just I'll just play it that way uh, for the listeners. So it seems to me um, that we can at least try to peel the onion a little more and ask about this, this man and woman and, and theoretical children uh, at the mall. Uh, so one of the things that might speak to uh, what they're – Right play is if if there is a right play, I'm not necessarily sure that there is, but we can ask about their training. So, for instance, uh, is this is this man or woman uh, uh, special forces trained? So, are they likely to be able to intervene in some substantial way that cuts down on the harm that the shooter is doing, or? Is the is the person uh, a weekend warrior? You know, maybe may a good athlete, but uh, a little pudgy around the middle and not particularly well trained. And so, would that person be more likely to just be throwing well, their why lives away? Just call away?
0: my name, okay?
2: Why do, why, do, why, do, why you, you got to do that?
0: Why you got to be like that? Everybody knows no, no, what no My
2: days of weekend warrior are long gone. Uh, So so if you're still there, uh, I'm actually envious.
0: I want to roll later, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we can ask, I think, pretty practical questions about what the likelihood of a positive response is, given uh, given some more information about, you know, this this person who who might be able to intervene. Uh, You know, are they likely Uh, to just weekend warrior, uh,
0: not special forces, maybe (laughs) ex-military. So has some training, however, uh, it's not guaranteed that he would be able to intervene. So it would be a dangerous situation regardless, and he's certainly not working in that capacity. He's certainly not on duty.
2: Yeah. Okay. So the the question then, so you know, peel the onion a little more. You know, does this person feel particularly compelled by some past oath to do good? Right. Well, <laughs> so, he's been in the so,
0: military. Right. And so and,
2: and he's sworn his life to uphold certain values. yada
0: yada. yada I don't know or what or they swear does. to in the military, yeah, to be I mean, honest with you. I have no, I have no idea.
2: So <laughs> um, yeah, and look, I, I can't weigh in on that either. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not prior military.
0: I imagine they're swearing to some things that I'm not swearing to
2: though. So <laughs> <laughs> I swear to so much or, or about so much, but probably not the same thing. So, so, I, you know it I think it, it all begins to feel very situational at least in this context right um, right the but even with those
0: things, I still don't know what the right thing to do is because you got your you got your uh kid you got your wife, and you know is the better part of valor to try to save someone else's uh family or to save your own
2: right so i I don't know either and and the only thing that I think I'm sort of arguing toward here is that the individual has to make his or her best guess about the right act because the consequences are totally
0: unknown. And the same thing is true regardless of what their moral foundation is. This is, this is my point. You have to go through the exact same process, even if you say, well, you know, God is the foundation of morality. Great. So what are you going to do in that situation? You don't know.
2: So maybe maybe it's not exactly the same, regardless of foundation. So let, let's say the Christian um, has a, a moral foundation um, built from Scripture, like this: um, God, family, others, self. Well, now you've got now you've got some foundation for deciding what you should do. So so the shooter comes in. Um, what you're doing for God doesn't particularly matter because God's not in danger. Then the next thing is your family. So now you've got a, a specific appeal in your moral foundation to, uh, to protect your family. And uh, even if you were special forces trained, you know, you're this person that's sworn to the military. Maybe you're even active duty and you just happen to be home from deployment uh, somewhere in the middle East. Right. But your, your moral the, the layers of your moral foundation say that when you're with your family, your family comes first. And so even though you're the best guy in the world, potentially, to go after this active shooter, you're not going to because your, your moral foundation that you, that you derived from Christianity you know, just led you the other way. But, it, but it's possible to lay your moral foundation in some other way, right? Even as a Christian, you can say, God, others, family, self. Or God self, because if I don't take care of myself, I can't fulfill any particular commission. God self, family, others, God self, others. You know, you, you can lay this thing however you want. And that might be, uh, you know, that might be somehow
0: important in how you solve the problem. Yeah, but you see, I would disagree with that. I don't think it is. Uh, because all you're describing there is a type of hermeneutic. Of, of then, you know, breaking breaking it down, uh, your thought process, um, how do I interpret what it means that my morality comes from God? And so I use the word hermeneutic there uh, somewhat incorrectly. Um, yeah, that's uh, right. So my, my point there is a secularist can have the same hermeneutic if you will uh now they would remove the god but the god kind of gets canceled out in the situation anyway and so you don't actually need to be a christian to say uh family country humanity you know something like that uh and you know we can have the same conversation well how do how do we break that down in in our list of priorities i'm just saying the same conversation that you're having there as the the christian The secularist is having two. Neither one of them has an advantage in this situation in knowing what to do. Well, okay, so
2: I want to go on record with something else here that I think is important. Regardless of of whether the foundation is important, this sort of calculus that we're dealing with here just in describing the situation and and what the individual should do and uh, how they derive uh, what response they should follow— that's not how real life works when you're at the mall and an active shooter pops up. Nope. So I just want to say, if, you, you know, if, if you're listening and you're saying, wow, this really is all about mental masturbation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's right. I was going to uh, try to get through the podcast without using that word again. Um, as masturbation goes, um, it's so.
2: <laughs> This is not coming back, is it? Is it going to stay over in the the weeds? (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. That was a golf shot.
0: Yeah. Um, All right.
2: (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think it's possible for some individual variation here. The thing that I don't see and the thing that I think you're saying you don't see is that either of these – uh, types of responses, one from a skeptic or one uh, from from a seeker, neither one of these is particularly illuminating in terms of how to solve the larger problem for humanity overall. Is there an objective truth here that we should all obey? And the answer to that, at least in this example,
0: seems to be no. Right. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over this, uh, the conversation we had about objectivity. Um, because i don 't think that we 're going to have um, anything more interesting to say uh there i don 't i don 't think we 're going to end up disagreeing there, and so let 's see if I can find something. I tried, to More disagreeable. Um, <laughs> I gave my best. So, let's see. I, I wonder if we can uh, manage one of these discussions where we get uh, royally pissed at the other and someone hangs up on each other. I, if that happens, I am posting that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not editing that shit out. <laughs> okay, if that happens, it's David's fault. Okay. <laughs> This happens sometimes, guys, because yeah, Andrew is a freaking it's... idiot. Um, and, so, and he's offensive. And, and smells well, bad. Well, so, I'll,
2: uh, I'll, I'll just let them decide for themselves based on, based on this
3: conversation. <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, you, you just you wrote you your best
0: behavior me... to make me look bad. But um, I know what you're doing. It's it doesn't not take work. my
2: best behavior to do that. <laughs>
0: I know I know where your buttons are. Uh, we're going to – boy, that could be taken badly. Okay, that's, yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's way too far. Boy, up. how about those Bears? So, um, <laughs> I mean, they beat Dallas. Um, Dallas is having a rough season. Rough season. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> you were looking for that trail out of the weeds. God, no. <laughs> enough, enough conversation about heavy trails. Um, <laughs> This, God, this no happy I, endings in this podcast. I, I, had, I had I had <laughs> something else to say on um, moral ontology, but moving. Just let me just get past this stuff. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that uh, a little bit more. How do we determine what is right? So we had a little bit of conversation there, and I didn't really get to Dale's response until the end when we were pretty much out of time. And so I want to start there and start beating okay. up on him um, while he's not here to defend himself. Um because that 's always fun here 's the thing people uh don 't fight an armed and ready person that 's just stupid. Wait till they turn their back and put their gun down and then hit them that 's right that 's why you take your guns to the mall I mean, <laughs> <no. I'm>
2: sorry <laughs> seems like we were over there a minute ago. No. All right.
0: <laughs> no okay, so we talked about how you know, and I accuse the Christian of always trying to avoid answering the question of how you know what is right and wrong in any given situation. What is your methodology for figuring it out? So Dale gave me, he started off with uh, the uh, milk toast answer of conscience. And I cut him off a little bit there. Uh, we were running out of time. But the fact is, we didn't really have any disagreement over the idea of conscience. Now, Dale might root his conscience in something uh, more magical than I do, but I I still think that we have conscience as in that which is socially evolved over millions of years uh, to get a sense of what is right and wrong in a given social situation. And so I I would also observe that conscience is one way that we determine what is right and what is not. But since that's something that both the Christian and the atheist share in common— it's not really worth talking about over much when, when Dale got into the, well, before I go there, do you have anything um, to say about conscience? Okay.
2: Oh man. So so you just hand that mic away. And, uh, and so, so I do have, I do think it's worth uh, taking a second to talk about what conscience might be. So in the run up to you guys conversation, I posted over on the SNS board, uh, something having to do, with what it means for us to have conscience. And so for the record, you and I do agree that conscience is something uh, that's evolved over millions of years. We, uh, well, sometimes we call it our social instinct, right? Yep. But I think, it's, I think it's worth pointing out that we actually know more about what conscience is than, than just using that word and letting it go so there there are specific centers of the of the of the human brain apologies for the stunner uh, specific specific centers of the human brain re, uh, responsible for uh our our model of ourselves there are centers of the brain responsible for uh for empathy uh there are centers of the brain responsible for speech uh there you know it and we know through very close experimentation what changes might happen to a person uh, given some sort of insult like, uh, like injury or uh, poor development due to some environmental conditions or alcohol consumption, et cetera. And, and so as far as I can tell, I think it's reasonable to say that empirically, our model of self and uh, our model of empathy, et cetera, is a biological model, and I don't need to appeal to the supernatural to get any further. Now, I might make some supernatural appeal, but I can live perfectly fine without the supernatural appeal, and I can actually learn more about uh, my model of self and uh, what what it means to be empathetic and how that happens without the supernatural model I can learn more about uh human interaction uh by the sorts of experiments we do uh in psychology than I can by reading the new testament and and for me and it may not be true for the listeners, but for me that 's huge
0: so uh i would just i would just tack on one uh, observation uh, here. I think a lot of um, the Christian appeal to magic when it comes to things like conscience uh, is what I would call moral intuition or uh, social evolution. Uh, I I use those words sometimes uh, interchangeably. Uh, But I I think part of what informs the Christian that there's something magical going on, is the the christian's young earth roots uh, so whether you like it or not Christianity has young earth roots uh, and so I, I think that's uh, evident in the way we talk about uh, mm. a lot of things and so if you if you take on the young earth presumption just for a moment it it's perfectly understandable uh, why the the christian would balk at the idea that we have an evolved moral conscience because there hasn't been enough time. If if, if you're talking about 6,000 years, there's simply not enough time to evolve the kind of moral conscience that we're talking about.
2: So that's right. And it's interesting how that 6,000 year model has splashed over uh, into the theistic evolutionist who agrees that the earth may be uh, what, 4.3 billion years old or whatever the, the current best estimate is. It's a long time, right? But the, the theistic evolutionist is is a little bit stuck with the, <clears throat> with the idea that humans are special, that somewhere back in time, uh, God put his fingerprint uh, on the DNA of humans and made them special and different. And so somehow, even if you're a theistic evolutionist, you, you get to this place where humans are special and and evolution is excluded from making us whatever, uh, whatever they think God made us.
0: Right. So they're not young earth creationists. They're young human creationists. Right. So they, they understand that the earth is four and a half billion years ago. They understand the universe is 13.75 billion years old. Uh, and they even understand that modern humans are probably about 200,000 years um, old, uh, thereabouts. Uh, some will understand that. But they would say that that would be the absolute beginning. And maybe some would say that real humans were even much later than that, maybe only about 10,000 years old. So they, there's there's this idea that uh, there's a different kind of evolution. So they, they believe in evolution. But they don't believe in the full story of the evolution, and so they still have baked into their idea the idea that that, that humans are young, that we are somehow too young to have evolved certain things, and that comes directly from their uh, their their story and their model of of you know biblical literacy, uh, right? Uh, and- literal literal not literacy biblical literal literalness. I'm rubbing off on
2: you. Apologies.
0: Literal, the little, anyway.
2: So, and, and even if we're not, whatever that, whatever that special thing God did, that, that potion that he gave us or that fruit that we ate or, or, uh, that twisting of cells that, that God accomplished, it is somehow walled off from evolution in the future. Right, it, it's this special thing that that biology otherwise doesn't touch, and and that's the thing that I um, I think there's no evidence for. Right, if we're if we're biological creatures, and if evolution is true, and we are biological creatures, and evolution's not actually uh, a debate that's still raging, except for Christians who want to make some kind of special place for God. Um, God didn't, God didn't do this special thing that biology has no effect on. But if you're a Christian and you think that your moral compass comes from God, you have to make some kind of special plea for the thing that you have being a thing that, that biology doesn't touch. So in other words, evolution can never change it.
0: Well, right. So God wrote his laws on our heart, because evolution <laughs> didn 't have time to do it there 's no way to explain it you right. know you know within six thousand years and maybe even two hundred thousand years. But the fact is uh, hominids have been around for a long time, uh, not just modern humans and social creatures uh, from from which we uh, have common ancestry has been around for a long time, and so social evolution has been uh evolving since the lowest level of social creature, uh, on this planet, uh, and has come through us. And the idea that somehow, well, you know, evolution doesn't touch this thing that God put on our hearts. Well, but Christians still understand that something, something must be wrong with humans because look, we don't seem to act right. And so to explain that, uh, you know, they invent sin, Sin is the answer to what went wrong. This is, by the way, a part of uh, my blog post that we didn't talk about at all is, you know, the the idea that there is something wrong and, you know, what what that could be. The Christian has to invent this bit of magic because if God wrote the right thing on our heart and we have the wrong thing on our heart all the time, you've got to come up with some kind of explanation for how that happened.
2: Well, and one of the, one of the obvious common objections from the, uh, from the skeptic is, but it's not just humans that are moral. So it, it appears that while God was misguidedly writing the long moral story on the human heart rather than, rather than in our minds, as it's, it's, uh, it's funny wording, uh, in the Bible having to do with matters of the heart, right? Heart diseases and their cures or, or, or whatever. Uh, but the the funny thing is that God, if he was out writing moral stories, he did apparently write short moral stories on the hearts of, of lots and lots of animals, uh, especially primates. Uh, but But communal action uh, we see it in the insect world, we see it in the avian world, we see it uh, we see it in sea creatures. And, and so I just don't I just don't see room for the argument that God made some special moral exception for humanity when we see uh, ethical inter- well when we see communal interaction.
0: Okay, so let's let's in see if we can every branch of nature. Let's let's see if we can get into something uh controversial here. Um so what is wrong with humanity? Uh we didn't we didn't get to talk Nothing. about this. Okay, stop it. I haven't finished asking the question, okay? You know how I do this. I I start the question, I, get, I set it up, and 5 minutes later, then I'll be done asking the question. You don't get to oh, jump so in and I, just give an answer.
2: Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I, uh, I take it back.
0: It's not our first rodeo. You know what you did. Um, okay, set, set it up. Set it up. Okay. All right. God damn you. So um, <laughs> that's not the first time, folks. <laughs> so, so uh, where were, where was I? I mean, I, this is going to be so good. So anyway, what's wrong with humanity? What's wrong with humanity? Uh, this is obviously a trick question. <laughs> It's going to be a setup because I was going to get around to saying I don't think anything's wrong with humanity. <laughs> but but uh, let me see if I can just salvage something here. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go on record saying
2: there is something wrong with humanity uh, in a broad general sense. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll go ahead and let you set it up because there is something wrong, but we'll get to it.
0: Fine. Sure. All right. Okay. I disagree with you, idiot. Um, <laughs> so anyway, where was I? So here's the thing: uh, the the project of religion, all religion. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a theistic religion uh, or a new age religion. I think I think it's safe to say all religion, the thing that makes a religion a religion, is um, at its heart the belief that there's something wrong. Uh, with humanity uh, there 's something wrong with you in particular, and they have a way of fixing it uh, so those, those are kind of the three hmm. tenets. The first two is that something 's wrong, and I would say that the religious project never gets off the ground for me because I disagree with uh, with with that first premise that there 's anything wrong with humanity in fact i would I would argue. Uh, under uh, an evolutionary uh, theory, there can't be anything wrong with humanity. There's, We simply are humanity. Uh, and so to say that there is something wrong with humanity is to suggest that humanity is supposed to be something particular that it is not. And I cannot uh, ride with that. So uh, let's just start with that idea. Is there something wrong with humanity?
2: Okay, so I'm going to say yes, but in the, in the non-ethical sense. So when, we, when I'm talking about wrong here, I'm not talking about um, uh, how we arrive at our decision-making capacity. But there is something wrong in the sense that it is possible for any one person or small groups of people, et cetera, and, and maybe even humanity at all, not to be uh, as evolved as we would like to fit the environment that we're in. So we're, we're always in an arms race with our environment. Um, we, we, you know, we're creating a toxic environment for ourselves uh, right now, every day. And by the way, if you're a climate denier, um, don't write to me, I don't have time to talk to you. Um, so we are changing our environment every day and we're not particularly well suited to those changes. So in that sense, uh, maybe there's something wrong with us. And the wrong is that that evolution uh, doesn't keep pace. Oh, mm, sorry, let me rephrase that. Our human evolution doesn't keep pace with the change of the environment that we live in. So in that sense there might be something wrong, but is there something wrong with humans from, uh, from an ethical perspective? Well, that's the wrong question. That's just smuggling in God in the back door. Um, because it presumes, it presumes that there's an overarching ethic that we're all supposed to have.
0: Right. So so there's my answer. Here's where, here's where your why well, your answer is wrong though. Um, and, and by the way, I have some sympathies, uh, with your answer uh because it's basically saying that uh it's describing rightness as we fit in uh well in harmony with our with the rest of our ecosystem well i didn't necessarily say harmony though well i'm so i'm just i'm just trying to 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 put this in, in my own words, is, is that too far, is that too far apart uh, from what you meant? Well, it might be. Um, so we, so let's talk about a fine detail just for a second
2: because, um, because I don't think we're actually looking necessarily for harmony, uh, in evolution. I mean, harmony is one way to survive, right? That, That we're particularly well adapted, uh, to anything that could happen in the environment. But the, the other way is to simply be strong uh, uh, against things in the environment that might harm us. So I think you have gotta sort of take both into account. I'm, I'm not actually making a plea for special harmony uh, or something of that nature, because uh, the evolutionary model is, is sort of that the strong survive, right? And there, there are silos of what we mean by strength. They are really talking about uh, some sort of advantage toward uh, life and
0: reproduction. I would, I would describe strong as the one who's best suited for their environment.
2: Uh, right, but that's not necessarily that's not necessarily completely harmonious.
0: Well, right. So, so I, I get that. In fact, I think that um, I think that we advance through discord um, in in some ways. There's a reason why nature is red in tooth and claw. Uh, there's a reason Love why adv- uh, societies advance uh, greatly after war. Uh, war war is a great um, evolution machine. I know I sound like the spiders from uh, Babylon 5, or the shadows from for Babylon 5, but uh, they had a point, okay? <laughs> so. Um,
2: so was that 1990s Babylon 5, or was it late 80s? It's hard hard for me to place that now. But uh, yeah, anyway.
0: I, think they were, I think they were 80s, but they could have been 90s. So the
2: the 1980s has called. And and once it's called science fiction back. I uh, just, Babylon I just, Five, <laughs> just
0: so you know. And I am a I am a Trekker. I've seen every uh, instance of every bit of Star Trek, uh, not Star Trek Beyond, real Star Trek. Um, don't <laughs> at me, people. <laughs> but my favorite uh, sci-fi uh, space opera is Babylon Five. So a bit of a bit of trivia about me there.
2: And mine is mine is a set of books. so I'll, I'll leave it. But Babylon five was a good series. I just finished uh, watching it again. Actually, it's
0: good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't. So I, I may be overstating the case too much when I say harmony, but I'm just trying to understand what you mean by wrong by understanding what right would be in, in your. Um... Well,
2: well, I'll, I'll say it again. Um, right would be an evolution that keeps uh, an evolution of humans that keeps pace uh, with uh, environmental change that is as rapid as it is. So evolution is slower uh, than our environmental change, and we know that because we see species go extinct uh, against uh, even moderately slow environmental change. And so wrong in this case is just that um, the evolution that we have, uh, evolution through uh, pressure, um, takes place much more slowly than does environmental change, uh, and that that can be ice ages or uh, or warming trends or toxins in the environment or uh, uh, due to um, uh, volcanoes uh, going off in the in the near area, but evolution is slower, uh, than any of that. And so in that way, we're not as well suited to our environment, uh, as we could be. And in the broadest possible sense, you can see that as wrong.
0: Okay. So that's, that's all I meant uh, by harmony, uh, when I use that term there. So uh, yeah, I would still disagree though that that's wrong. Uh, so I agree that it is not desirable from, as, as one of those species that might get wiped out in the next thousand years, um, but wrong in a, it, with a capital W.
2: Okay, I didn't argue for that. I specifically did. I specifically walled that off.
0: Okay, so that's 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 the thing that I am um, trying to dis, to distinguish because the Christian would say that there is something wrong with a capital W with us, um, and the the thing that is. Wrong is that we are not exhibiting our right characteristics based on mm. our original design uh so that would be wrong we 're not what we were supposed to be um and i would I would simply disagree with that uh, first of all i don 't think we 're supposed to be anything uh so we can 't be wrong on that front um there's no there's no end goal here. Um and the second uh thing is evolution is what it is. So let's say uh we evolved as a species uh with three heads and the lifespan uh of a mosquito.
2: Painting a self-portrait here? Oh sorry. Uh,
0: yeah, Mike's okay. okay. still T- on. Mike's still on. All right, no, no, no that's good. T- you almost got me. T- <laughs> T- almost got me. Almost almost uh T- <laughs> 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 almost popped off there but um (laughs) we're just gonna gonna back away from from that um yeah so let's say that that's how uh, humanity evolved though uh who would who would we be to say that it's wrong Who, who is the mosquito to say that uh life is wrong the mosquito has the lifespan of a mosquito, right?
3: Okay, <laughs>
2: so, so, okay, now, there, okay, I think there's some real interesting territory there. Who, Who is the mosquito? Uh, and, and you can read, so when you say mosquito, I'm, I'm going to read in humanity rather than mosquitoes uh, for a purpose for this conversation. So uh, if evolution uh, is the thing that should drive us, and the mosquito has no business saying, uh, you know, my lifespan is too short, but I'm a mosquito, and so I, I shouldn't argue uh, that my lifespan is too short. Um, should we use tools to tinker with our own evolution? And in, in this case, I'm not actually talking about uh, monkeying with genes or anything like that. We we use tools, and we know just just through tracking modern development. That use of tools, for instance, lengthens our lifespan right we We can track that and in fact, um, lifespans in in the United States so I was reading a, st- uh, a report just the other day lifespans in the United States are on a slight downturn uh, as a result of uh, opiate overdose and and so it 's having a big effect uh, and it can be measured in terms of the average lifespan here in, in the United States. So should we, if we 're just mosquitoes? Uh, we shouldn't, uh, you know, fly in the face of evolution. If evolution is supposed to, to be the thing that I'm completely sorry, Did works you say plays.
0: fly in the face of evolution? while using a mosquito analogy. Oh, yeah, okay. Minus uh, one point. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll accept it. Sure. So, should we complain uh, or or use tools to better our circumstances? If, if you know, if if we're monkeying with evolution, and we don't know the outcome.
0: Yes. Uh, because there is no ought <laughs> There is no there there And so if if you are unhappy with your lot And you have the ability to change it uh, To something that you would be happier with There is no, there is no rule that says you shouldn't change it Th- This is the thing There's no goal There's no end goal for humanity um, And so when I say who is, the, who is the mosquito to say that this is wrong Well they can't say that it's wrong But if they have the ability to make it better for them, that's not wrong either. So if you want to die in 24 hours, go for it. If you can uh, extend that to 25 hours, more power to you. Just know, as a human, I'm going to try to shorten your lifespan to about five minutes. So, okay and if you too are considering
2: suicide please call the national suicide prevention hotline uh,
0: i just have a war against mosquitoes i um i, I got gotcha. you yeah so uh and i'm gonna win i'm gonna so um but yeah that's it so i don't i don't i don't think that it's right to suggest that uh our lot as humans is wrong uh you say we're having shorter lifespans now so what um, if we want longer lifespans There are things that we can do about it If we have the will to do it In fact, lifespan is an interesting Way to go with this discussion Because I'm not entirely sure If we know what a Quote-unquote natural lifespan is How long is a gene Supposed to live? Uh, my understanding is that They live for a really long time uh, it's, it's, all, it's things that are Environmental and behavioral That uh, cut our lifespan short but what well, have we, what if we lived
2: telomere, in? Something about telomere unwinding in cells too that uh, gives cells a, a natural death. Uh, we're doing work uh, uh, on that front with telomeres and telomerase, and, and trying to understand what cell death is. Okay, so, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go going to go ahead and
0: acknowledge I don't know what I'm talking about here. Um, but I um, so I re- recall one uh, expert. Uh, who said that uh, cancer is a natural death uh, and that given, uh, given enough time, we would all die of cancer. Um, that's, that's just how it would go. But I think that that's, that has to do as much with our environment as much as our cells. And I'm just wondering if we were somehow to get this quote-unquote perfect harmony with our environment and we also match that with the perfect behavior and nutrition and so forth. How long could we theoretically live? Uh, so I don't, I don't know that we're there yet, and I don't know that we know that for sure. Uh, and so when we talk about lifespans, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, the lifespan of my ancestor, who lived about uh, 35 to 40 years, has nothing to do with the human lifespan, That just has to do with the lifespan that they had at that time. And the lifespan that I might have, um, you know, say 80 or 90 years, still has nothing to do with the human lifespan. I don't think that we've – I don't think that we have detected what is possible with it. And if we are high enough on the evolutionary chart, we can start doing some things to artificially find out.
2: Well, so I think we are. And and this – okay, so – I'm a technology guy, as everybody knows, and I simply can't take the other side of this argument uh, and be true to um, what I think is a rational response um, to evolutionary pressure in the sense that we can use tools and we have every right uh, I, I don't mean right capital R, um, because I don't know what those are, uh, really. But we have every right to to use the environment around us to our best advantage, because it's certainly uh, using all the tools it has, uh, not necessarily to our disadvantage, but using all the tools that it has. Uh, uh, you know, to continue I think in, it is in, though in I,
0: I would actually, it, to the extent that we're personifying the environment I think it is using tools to our disadvantage I think the uh, universe wants us dead I don't think there's any part of this universe that wants us to live I, Right. I so this every breath we get, we, we fight for
2: yeah, so yeah so uh, it's right on the edge of over personification for me because i don't think the universe notices us <laughs>
0: at any level whatsoever. I, I acknowledge <laughs> that i'm personifying <laughs> things i don't yes. actually believe that the universe has some kind of conscious uh desire to kill us i'm, I'm speaking poetically.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so, so i was gonna pick on you speaking poetically but I'm gonna leave it i'm gonna leave it so so look. The, the environment is using and i i made this case right that that our evolution is slower than the change of our environment in a lot of cases so yes in in a in a in a way where we're personifying the environment, the environment is using uh the tools at its advantage uh to eliminate us we We don't stand up against hurricanes volcanoes global warming et cetera et cetera at infinitum uh you know particularly well, so we do have every right to, to use tools at our advantage to deal with evolution. And, and in fact, one of the things that, that, that SF writers write about all the time is, is simply breaking outside of evolution, right? The, the idea that we might uh, uh, someday upload our consciousnesses or, or, or whatever. Uh, it seems wildly fanciful, uh, but it may not, in some cosmic oatmeal cookie sense, be impossible.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I have, so I have an emotional attachment to my body, because it's the only way that I can conceive of myself as me So I don't, I don't actually have a, any desire to be uploaded into a robot body that might live forever That said, um, I'm in favor of coming up with ways of modifying and fixing the body um, So that it's not as busted as it is Now when I say the body is busted, I don't mean in some kind of evolutionary sense or, or absolute sense. It's busted to me. (laughs) So I I will, I would like a better one, please. Um, and, uh, yeah. So if, if maybe, uh, I think rather than a robot body, what I, what I would look at is like cybernetics. Uh, so maybe a, a combination nanotechnology, things like that, that could actually remake the body. So, um, I do want the, the continuity of me feeling like I'm me and I won't, you know, flesh and blood, you know, and lust and food and all of that. Thief.
2: You're a, you're a thief. I said, that's the point I was going to. I don't care if it's a robot body or, or, or an Android body or, or whatever kind of body, as long as it gives me the feedback that I expect.
0: Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, so. I, I do. I have no respect for this, this, cage that I'm in uh called nature in in that sense uh I don't I don't think nature has a goal I don't think humanity has a goal if there's some optimal um form of humanity I certainly don't think that we are in it uh, if such a goal exists because evolution has, hasn't stopped So, I mean, just imagine if the first humans uh, who even Christians might uh, recognize the first humans some 200,000 years ago said, okay, well, this is it. This is, this is what God was uh, making. They wouldn't recognize us, you and I, as humans, we'd be something else. Uh, They, they might even recognize us as advanced. If they were to time travel to this place, they wouldn't, they wouldn't look much like us. They wouldn't think like us. They wouldn't be like us in any way. And I, I, con, I contend that if we're allowed to continue going uh, in that much time, we'll be even more different. The people who will be there 200,000 years from now will be even more different from us than we are from the uh, early humans 200,000 years ago.
2: Yeah, I, look, I think, I think that it's right to say that um, our ability to use tools – our ability to understand you know, our our capacity to learn and make changes is is probably our strongest advantage and uh, if we don't if we don't tip the world over into ecological cataclysm, we will be uh much more different uh, from ourselves now in two hundred thousand years than uh, our distant ancestors uh 200,000 years ago are. I think that's absolutely right.
0: So let, let, me, let me just talk sci-fi for just a second before getting back on topic. Um, I, I, would, I would go even further than that. I'm, I'm baiting controversy here. <laughs> so uh, I would go further than that. Um, I would say that 200,000 years from now, those people that look back to us as common ancestry won't be what we would consider human so i don't i don't even i don't even think they would be human anymore so to to that degree humanity might be near the end of its road but you know we might be near the next big evolutionary leap in the species so just as an example uh we can use tools and we can use language so let's let's just take those two things as setting us apart from early hominids we're we're a different species i, I think the next one might be people who can you know, use their minds, uh, in certain way to manipulate nature that we cannot. Uh, I don't, you know, maybe some form of telekinesis, maybe some form of mind to mind transfer, um, you know, some, some mental breakthrough and maybe, maybe we, uh, you know, have some type of merging with Silicon. I know I'm creating the Borg here, but maybe. Uh, maybe we ha- evolve ourselves. We tinker with ourselves uh, so much that we can actually easily take computer input and maybe even produce some of it in, in ways that would, you know, make us almost a different species. I I, I see that as the next um, the next iteration, and we wouldn't call that human.
2: Years ago, oh, this would have been <clears throat> back in the late nineteen nineties. A researcher. Uh, I think it was down at Florida State, um, but this, this will be easy to pull up on the web. A uh, researcher uh, down in one of the Florida schools took some cells from uh, the brain of a, of a rodent, if I remember correctly, I think it was a rat, uh, and uh, was was able to uh, connect them through a bio gel and, and some other sophistication uh, to a CPU, to a computer chip. To, to a central processing unit, and actually had the the cells uh, of, of this of this brain from from a rodent flying a flight simulator, and that's a real thing, and and so we've been on this uh, we've been on this path to uh, brain computer interfaces for a long time, and in fact. Um, Right now, over on physicsworld.com, there's an article about a brain-computer interface uh, and how it is changing what we think about uh, irreparable damage from stroke victims. So they've got this, uh, they've got this brain-computer interface, and uh, and they're using it with uh, stroke victims, and they're having some success using this this BCI and uh, reversing the effects of uh, of strokes on the human brain. It's remarkable. It's remarkable stuff. And, uh, you know, I can only think that in the future we will get better and better at that specific kind of thing and at related technologies. And, and who knows
0: where it all goes. Right. And, you know, so an evolutionary step would be so we we make these interfaces so that the technology can – Will not be rejected by the body, uh, and so right now you know we're still in the stages of, yeah, we could probably do it, but the body would reject it and you know, die. But maybe a couple hundred years of doing that, people start being born who, who can you know, who are altered and reproduce. We start um, r- noticing aspects of the brain that are compatible with the technology. It's not a full interface, but we start we start um, producing the electrical current necessary to to run it. And, you know, that may be a small evolution. Um, And then, you know, the current we start we start noticing that brains have, you know, particularly shaped nozzles that particular wires go in. Uh, and, you know, pretty, pretty soon, before you know it, and I say pretty soon, give it a few thousand years, pretty soon you have a brain structure that is made to take uh, a computer implant. Right now, our brains aren't made to take a computer implant, but I can, I can imagine pushing down that evolutionary road to, to, to get there fairly quickly.
2: So I can, too, and, and I, can see a, I can see another way where that might happen. Uh, so most of the listeners, uh, that, that keep up with their sort of common science reading, uh, know about, uh, Cas9 and CRISPR and, you know, gene editing and splicing and all that sort of thing. And I don't think that it's, um, I don't think that it's impossible, or at least I don't, I don't know of any uh, barrier that would suggest that at some point we'll do better than just the ability to, uh, decode and move genes around. We may, uh, it, we may actually make genes and, and there's real research uh, on creating artificial genes right now. And, and so in some sense, uh, in some cosmic oatmeal cookie sense, it may not be impossible that we actually write our own firmware right into the DNA of our cells that makes brain-computer interfaces more likely. Or, or not more likely, but, but actually gives us the evolutionary advantage that we want so that um, we pass down to our descendants genes that that work well with brain computer interfaces. We just write our own firmware right into our DNA.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm if, you know in case uh, this sounds a lot like eugenics to people. Uh I'm not a fan of uh killing people to create prettier people, but I am a fan of if you won if you're able to do gene editing um that doesn't destroy. I mean, I I would love to be able to edit the gene we can we can recognize the gene for Down syndrome and we can fix it you know and the option isn't uh, well do you do you have this child with Down syndrome or not the the option is oh I see uh, here you have um, you know a you're you're pregnant and it looks like there's the uh, disposition for down syndrome here we can edit those genes because we know exactly uh how to do that without destroying anything else so would you like to take this pill or have the injection that's the only choice that i that i want us to have there
2: well, I don't, you know, oh, this is, okay. So I'll, I'll go ahead and see if I can stoke a, a little controversy myself.
0: You don't think I just stoked uh, some controversy there?
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to add to it. You know, there, there, there's a nice little fire lit here and I'm a firebug. So, 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 so here we go. Um, I actually don't think I have a problem, um, with, uh, with modifying children, um, uh, so that they're more symmetrical. As a uh, we, we, one of the things that we know uh, about beauty is that as humans, at least, we appreciate things that are symmetrical. Um, I don't, I don't have a problem um, editing children so that they don't get picked on on the playground because they're ugly. I don't have a problem with that, and uh, frankly, I don't care if anybody else does.
0: Um, yeah. Are, it, are you going to provide people with an email address that they can send their hate mail to yes. so that my inbox doesn't get filled? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Reason at gmail.com. All right. Happy, happy to, uh, happy to have the conversation. Attention, Andrew. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, or is that just tension? And yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I realize that there can, I realize that there can be problems here, but i'll uh i guess i'll go full uplift saga uh it's it's uh, it's called science uh, science fiction folks it's a seven book series uh look it up it's pretty good stuff i'll go uh i'll go full uplift saga on this thing and say um, evolution is not a particularly good determiner uh about what is good for any given species agreed and Evolution's the, not the boss of me. <laughs> so so I do think that we can operate broadly with conscious good intention. And I am willing to operate uh, full on with conscious good intention. I, now I know that right now the conscious good intention is to go slow. I don't have a problem with that. But – I don't have a problem with speeding up either.
0: No, either. Look, uh, there are there are. I mean, we talk about um, cosmetics here, um, but you know, it, I don't. I don't know if you remember the movie The Elephant Man.
2: Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Gattaca. Uh, so was so, okay. The Elephant Man. No, sure. no. Where did Gattaca? Where did where did that come from?
0: Anyway, um,
2: <laughs> yes. we're in this call science fiction thing today. I can't can't get out of it.
0: Okay. okay. So, so uh, Elephant, Elephant Man. Man. It was. Sure. Uh, It was a horrible, horrible movie I I saw it as a kid um, And I hated myself um, Because the whole time I thought, yeah, I get it Uh, You know, it's kind of Beauty and the Beast story Except true But you are too hideous for me to look at Uh, And I can't I can't I can't get past it I can't get past my gag factor Mm. And I You know, I just that, That movie stays with me uh, and whenever i ever have whenever I have this conversation, I always think to myself you know if if we ever develop the technology to keep that from happening to someone, it would be immoral not to use it yeah uh and, so. and if you if you call that you know eugenics okay uh I could probably sign on in some limited way, but honestly we 've got that's that 's awful and i've i've um i 've known a hunchback or two. In my lifetime, um, I have never met a hunchback who was happy. <laughs> I don't. Know. You may have had some different experiences. I've never met the happy hunchback. Uh, to, to be perfectly honest with you, that's a terrible way to be. It's it's awful. It's awful. There's nothing noble about it. And if you could if you could edit that, if you could see that coming and edit it, you're a monster not to do it. In, in the, the idea that somehow, well, God made you this way, and you're beautiful, and you're... Shut up.
2: So I did my best to stoke the flame of controversy, and, uh, you know, Smokey Bear showed up and, you know, <laughs> had his way with it, and now, now, it's, now it's out. I feel like I um, should
0: take some of that back, but I, I'm not. <laughs> so. so
2: I just... I just don't, uh, by the way, I'll I'll go ahead and acknowledge the other side of this, I've um, changed gears, sorry folks, uh, for the conversational whiplash. Let me just acknowledge that the other side of this is that we have the potential to do great harm, and in fact, there's already been an example, there were uh, some twin children Girls, I believe I'll try to give the listeners enough information so that they can look this up. Um, over in, in China, I'm, I'm not picking on China because I hate Chinese scientists, or this just happens to be where this happened. Um, a uh, gene researcher uh, took a gene out of a pair of uh, out of a pair of twins that was responsible for these two young people being able to contract AIDS. And that has had, uh, or, or at least they're worried, that it's going to have some significant impact. Now, this was done, um, you know, during fetal development. It wasn't done after they were born or whatever. Uh, but this is a real story. This is This is written on the pages of our society right now. And, uh, and he's been in big trouble for this thing. Uh, and there's, you know, there's question about human gene editing and the ethics that go along with it, yada, yada, yada. Um, and yes, we have the capacity to make bad decisions, but here's the truth of the matter. We have the capacity to make bad decisions. Um, even, even if we don't monkey with the human genome, you know, evolution is here to stay. And yes, we've got the capacity to make bad decisions, but we've got the capacity to make bad decisions without gene editing. And, uh, and if, you, if you think I'm wrong, um, look, we elected Donald Trump. I don't think—okay, sorry. Political cheap shot. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I know. It's true,
0: because, I mean, look, I'm, there's maybe something to be said about the genetics of the people who voted for him. Oh ooh, ooh that's that was so Just nicely
2: played Sam uh, so i i guess I guess I'm saying um we're humans, we're going to remain humans, we have the abilities that we have, and if we survive with them, I will be very glad that we survive with them, and if we don't uh it, you know. In in a cosmic oatmeal cookie sense, I'll quit saying that eventually. Uh, I'll be unhappy, no, except won't. that I'll be dead. Right? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so uh, I'll be unhappy, you know, except that I'll be dead long before we uh, finally wipe ourselves out if we hit some sort of uh, uh, you know great filter.
0: Right? So, well, go ahead. Let me just say on the um, whole, you know, mad scientist uh you know Chinese Mangala, you know, doing things with genes. Um I I get that. Right. But we are in a fight for survival. Um and what we are fighting in uh real terms is nature. Uh we we are at war with our environment. People talk about being at harmony with your environment Everything about the environment wants to kill you Or hurt you Uh, It just does Your environment doesn't like you very much Uh, Your environment has sharp Jagged edges It has uh, steep drop offs It has thin air Thick air It's too hot It's too cold It will drown you It will give you cancer just for going out in it The environment hates your freaking guts And it will kill you Every way it can comic book style ways. The environment is out to get you. And then there's the environment that happens in our DNA, our DNA. We didn't have anything to do with it. We didn't make our DNA. We're stuck with it. We, we inherited our DNA. I was born blind. Fuck DNA. I don't give a goddamn what DNA is or what God's plan is or anything else about the environment or nature or, or anything. If I can fight it and beat it, I'm going to do it. And if you're sitting around waiting for God to fix it, screw you. And so I, I'm, I h- hate to say it, but I can't condemn the desperate Chinese scientist who tried something and they didn't fully know what they were doing. And they screwed somebody up Not 500 right. years <laughs> from now, we're going to get it right. And your ancestors are going to be glad that we know how to clip that, 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 Problematic thing that otherwise your kids will be dealing with. We can clip it by editing DNA. So sorry, I, I'm, I take no, back half of that, and I'm not entirely sure which half. I'm going to let the audience figure it out.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't take any of it back. I, I am, uh, I am a loud supporter of of us doing research. As rapidly as we can, um, within the within the bounds of some ethical constraints, I'm I'm not I'm not proposing, uh, you know, uh, um, war torture camps.
0: Agreed, and I don't, <clears throat> am certainly not in favor of uh, irresponsible exper- human experimentation. This stuff takes a long time okay, Uh, to to do it responsibly and right, it takes a long time. I was simply saying, I understand the impulse of people uh, who don't want to wait that long.
2: Sure. I'll, I'll, you know, I would, I am that guy uh, who under the right circumstances would happily be the first attempted upload uh, into the matrix. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. You know, it'd have to be the right circumstances, but I'm, I'm that guy. Uh, again, if you hate me, uh, reasonpress at gmail.com. You'll have to get in line. There are a lot of people that hate me. Uh, and, and by the way, if you say something stupid, uh, I'm not going to respond. So if you don't get a response, that's why. You said something stupid. If you've D- got an intelligent conversation it. to
0: have. Don't believe it. He will <laughs> respond. He's gonna, he's got <laughs> a response. The stupider, a... <laughs> the longer the response <laughs> I'm
2: not a habitual responder. I don't have a problem.
0: He cannot help himself, people. Somebody is wrong on the Internet. He's, he's coming
2: after you. Is there a 12-step program for being, you know, for idiots wrong on the Internet? Yeah, un- Internet's anonymous.
0: Unplug. There is no step two.
2: So. Uh, so I just, I don't, I don't have a problem. Uh, right now, we are taking this slow. We have every reason to take it slow. Uh, if tomorrow researchers say that it is time to speed up, uh, I'm going to be loudly on board with it because they probably are right. They might be wrong, but they're probably right.
0: Yeah, look, so, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on record as saying many times if the uh, Borg invasion came, Uh, And they said, uh, we're going to assimilate you. I would be there before they were done with assimilate. (laughs) I would would beat down uh, everybody to get uh, to be first in line. I don't think the Borg understand (laughs) what they're offering. Nobody's (laughs) nobody's resisting the Borg. What are you talking about?
2: (laughs) It is so not surprising that you said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just, because because you just you'll <laughs> assimilate me for free
0: for, for <laughs> David, really
2: <laughs> David David wants to be the guy who gets assimilated by the Borg and uh, and gets uploaded into the consciousness and gets to be the one who takes his takes his arm off and beats Locutus of Borg to death with it That's what <laughs> David wants to be I want to be <laughs>
0: Locutus I want I want to help everybody um <laughs> to uh, to ease into their new situation uh, with their new Borg overlords. So, uh, yeah, pick, pick me, man. <laughs> by, by the way, um,
2: that's uh, end of Star Trek uh, Next Generation Season 3 and the beginning of Season 4 to uh, – to see Locutus aboard. For those uh, people who don't know, those two Star Trek episodes. Yeah, you know, um, people
0: who don't know. Screw you! I'm not even talking to you. Get off this podcast! I'm not especially worth watching. Get, uh, <laughs> you are not worthy to be listening to a podcast if you need that reference. What's the matter with Resistance
2: you? Resistance is futile. You will be eliminated. Not a similar. Turn sorry. this thing <laughs> off and go
0: watch some TV for Pete's sake.
2: <laughs> so, so look, um, when we started this thing. I was on my way home and, uh, I dropped off a, a little package, you know, and, uh, and my girlfriend has had to, uh, deal with that entirely, uh, without, uh, without me and she didn't know it was coming. So, uh, I am going to take this time to, to start winding my part of this to a close because, uh, uh, she deserves better treatment than what I did. So so there we go.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So so just to put a bow on this particular accidental conversation, um, I, I just wanted to, uh, to run it back to how we got there, which is to say, uh, what's wrong with humans? Uh, I don't think anything is wrong with humans from a point of view that there's some kind of goal that we've missed. Um, and so... But that 's not to say that i 'm happy with the state of humanity either, um, because I think we can do better. The thing is, we can do better we don't we don't need some special sky daddy to do it for us. uh We are a part of the evolutionary process, and anything that we do within evolution is as natural as arsenic um, so we are a part of the nature. Nature has produced us, Uh, we have minds and desires and tools, and so it's not unnatural for us to pursue uh, furthering evolution. Maybe this is how evolution is furthered, uh, by creating intelligence that then, um, you know, intentionally pushes things forward. I don't know, Uh, but I would not say, I would not use terms like there's something wrong with humanity that needs to be fixed, uh, that, that a god could fix we are just what we are and we have the uh, ability to want more and i don't think there's anything wrong with that
2: okay i am uh, i'm going to go all in how many how many failed christians do we have to have how many children do we have to count how many third world countries have to remain in poverty how many wars over religion will it take for us to stop stepping and fetching for a phantom God and realize that the best game in town is right in front of us all? We call that game humanity.
0: I think that's a good last word. Hey, uh, folks, uh, Andrew and I uh, get together and do this all the time. We just don't hit record on the mic. At least he doesn't know that uh, we uh, hit record on the mic. So if, um, if you'd like to hear more of these uh, <laughs> after show ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> uh let us know uh drop uh drops the line leave a comment and seekers uh, at wordpress.com oh, i'm sorry dot wordpress.com or uh drop me an email and seekers at gmail.com or hit andrew up with hate mail at uh, reasonpress.com at gmail.com at gmail.com see you later guys